0: The first time you did shrimps, did you do a lot or were you just like chill? Did you ever get anxious? I'm anxious right now. I'm always anxious. Who doesn't get anxious? I always have that moment of like, oh, this is crazy. What are you doing? Then you chill out and it goes away. That's how I know it's kicking in. I did them on Rogan with all the guys. It hit me like 10 million people are listening. Rogan's head was like this big. You sit next to me and I was like, this is a huge mistake. And I had to just sit there in the middle of a live pod, like just chill myself out. And it was, it was brutal. Nice to be in the peyote tent. Are yeah. we on? We're on, baby. Oh, shit. All right. welcome, dude. I love this room.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you so much, man. Shout out to Kid Super for letting us do this, for letting Hell us yeah. have this room. He basically was just like, dude, build a cool thing. Yeah. and uh, He nailed it. Hopefully,
0: we're coming through. So he was like, just gave me the blessing and, and let I, it rip. I have mushrooms if you want to do it. Do either. you really? Yeah, I just did another pod. The kid was like, uh, if you do it, I'll give you mushrooms. I said, I'm, I'm in. How frequently
1: are you doing mushrooms?
0: Ah, once a month. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, I'm a fan. That's interesting.
1: True. How often wait so once a month and like how how much of it does?
0: Uh not too much, you know, just I'll just get get after it. I don't want to like shake in a in a corner, but <laughs> I went to a wedding, a Jewish wedding last week. I took him great time. Saw Yahweh saw so Yahweh oh, hell yeah they, they bounced me in the chair I thought I was going right to Jew heaven oh that's awesome dude I mean they don't
1: even have Jew hell or is that not true I've, that's I, true I've heard different things about
0: that how convenient yeah right that's genius a, that's a way better I mean sales pitch I love a convenient religion like Rastafari it's like a man can lay down with a bunch of whores ladies you get the husband you gotta make a bunch of kids and we smoke weed and play soccer and I'm like this is very convenient yeah 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 Buddhism's kind of like that it's oh like, really yeah
1: just like meditate sort of think about the world World. what do you have to do not much yeah yeah I mean, suffering is, is, it, is wrong yeah or just, just like yeah just chill like it seems very
0: zen i mean it's yeah. kind of literally the whole point of it it's the whole like, thing and buddha's fat as shit yeah he's the only fat god yeah <laughs> is there another yeah. one maybe lizzo yeah 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 she's a goddess yeah yeah i don't but know if she
1: gender i don't know if she, yeah i don't know if there's any other fat gods that exist yeah, no, yeah. then. <laughs> yeah i can't think of any other ones yeah it's just buddha Buddha and no, no, and Buddha's it. not even always always fat like sometimes he's fat sometimes he's skinny oh it's kind of like Oprah yeah exactly you like oh 90s Buddha was a little <laughs> yeah. frumpy you know yeah, yeah. it's kind of tricky and uh-huh. so the first time you did shrooms was it uh, was it a whole thing did you do a lot or were you just like chilling
0: well I'm getting older and I love booze <laughs> but the hangovers are getting me mm. and uh, so shrooms no hangover they're not really addictive there's no crash I like it did it ever do you ever get anxious I get I'm anxious right now. I'm always anxious. <laughs> Who doesn't but, get anxious? But on shrooms, are you like, oh, dude, I'm doing too much. I always have that moment of like, oh, this is crazy. What are you doing? And then it then you chill out and it goes away. But I have that every. That's how I know it's kicking in. Oh, is the is the the come on? Yeah, I yeah. did them on Rogan with all the guys, and uh, it hit me like ten million people are listening. Rogan's head was like this big. He's sitting next to me, and I was like, this is a huge mistake. And I had to just sit there in the middle of a live pod, like. Just chill myself out, and it was it was brutal. Is it a good exercise for anxiety? Maybe, maybe, because you attack it head-on. Like, you accept the anxiety, and then it goes away. Yeah, That's and you're, almost, the key. You're,
1: you're forced to accept it because you're on this ride for the next eight hours. Exactly. Whereas, like, if you're just anxious in your everyday life, it's just like a perpetual gnawing. Great point. And then with this, it's like, okay, I'm required to accept. Yes, yes. And I have to confront this.
0: Right, right. Whereas life, you can go, well, give me a beer. Give me some weed. Uh, I'll go over here now. I'll go on my phone.
1: TikTok will make me feel good. Whereas with this, it's like, no, no, no. I did a thing, and now I'm required to deal with the consequences
0: of that thing. Maybe that's why I like it, because I'm up by about uh, uh, my phone's ass I'm watching YouTube all day I have a podcast going 24 7 so this might be just an escape yeah but is it it's just a micro though you never go like really big doses no nah, I mean I go between big and micro I'm somewhere in the middle yeah it's like having that's really that's big and micro it's right in the middle that's yeah. that's you, you know I medium mean? dagger yeah <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah veiny, though yeah
1: yeah you got Goldilocks tech that's mm-hmm. all it is you know what I mean yeah she's always unhappy with it yeah, yeah. I just saw a cartoon recently it was like the Goldilocks bears, and it was like, yeah, someone slept in my bed. And, like, the parents are arguing about it, and then the kid was like, wait, why do you guys have different beds?
0: <laughs> and then they're like, look, we have to talk to you, okay? We haven't been happy in a long time. I was like, dude, that's, that's it.
1: Honestly, I never thought
0: about that. Why great are they in two different beds? That's- I love jokes like that, where they they get that thing, you're like, oh, yeah. It was in front of you the whole time. Yes. I saw an old comedian. He had this joke. This is, like, 70s or 80s. He had this joke where he's like, West Side Story, I just saw it. And this guy, this white guy's in Spanish Harlem yelling out, Maria, Maria. And only one woman comes out the window. Wouldn't that be like 38 girls? And I was like, that's a great boy. Oh, that's funny. That reminds me of the, the
1: Nathan Fielder sketch. Have you seen this? Where he tries to uh, help a psychic. Mm. And he goes, okay, here's how the billboard you're going to do for your psychic business in Los Angeles. What's the most popular name in Los Angeles? Maria Hernandez. Mm-hmm. So you're going to put up a billboard that says, Maria Hernandez, I have a special message for you. Uh, that's the whole billboard that's smart and then it got like 20 people reached out and was like I'm Maria Hernandez <laughs> and, was, and then got him into the thing and did the whole psychic shit but I was like that
0: is brilliant that's brilliant I just I'm such a YouTube slut I just watched this video where they uh, they said I can tell your whole personality and they gave four people a pamphlet and it's like this just based off your look and your name and your birthday this is uh, going to describe you perfectly and they were all like oh my god how'd you know this is incredible This every fear I have every dark secret you nailed it and he gave them all the same pamphlet. Wow! Isn't that fucking nuts? I mean, that's great. We we all just make everything our own life. We're such narcissistic queefs. Oh, that's so good. I mean, that's why it's tru- it's
1: difficult to trust like psychics and like intuitors and stuff mm-hmm. because it's like you've seen comics that are like brilliant at crowd work. Yeah, and they're able to just like nail someone down in just like two minutes. Yep. And you're like, dude, how, like, do you know this guy? Is it a plant? It right. Like, I've seen this happen with Schultz, where people are like, he must be putting people in the audience because how does he know who they are and yeah. wh- what they do and blah blah. And it's like, no, if you kind of do stuff enough. You can intuit who someone is. There's only like eight types of people.
0: Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, like, you can kind
1: of get in a little lane and be like, I know more or less right. who you are. Right. But we're sold this idea that we're so individual and so unique. And it's like, okay, there's a there's a lot of people, but there's only like
0: maybe more, there's more than eight. Maybe there's like 16. Well, that's the beauty of the internet is like, you go, I'm, I'm into kids' feet, <laughs> and, you know? And then you're like, maybe I'm a weirdo. But then you go on the internet, there's like a million, there's like a whole newsletter about kids' feet <laughs> yeah. and a website. But 10,000 people on it. Yeah, exactly. and you're like, dude,
1: that's a lot, and then that's you look at the lot. scope of the world, and you're like, oof, that's, yeah, that's actually not a lot. That's not a lot at all.
0: And all we talk about is got to be you, man. You got to be individual. You got to be love who you are. But then if you step outside the box, everybody attacks you. Yeah. So which one is it? Have you experimented with other psychedelics? I did acid in college, and I didn't love it. Oh, really? Yeah. What happened? It's just too chemically, and I felt felt unnatural and weird. This is you know, from the earth comes out of shit. It's a mushroom. Smooth. Yeah, it's a vegetable.
1: Do you ever have? interesting revelations that you come away with that you actually work on in your day-to-day life or is it more like a uh, prophylactic for anxiety
0: uh i think it's more for fun i've yeah. had thoughts where i'm like this is genius and then i read it later i'm like oh god oh really horrible yeah you're like what's the difference between a sofa and a couch whoa you know like, that's not
1: that interesting <laughs> isn't it annoying that like you read stories where it's like the beatles wrote all of abbey yeah, road what is that in a dream and i'm like i just dream about like building go karts with like a girl i had a crush on like it's, yeah, you know what I mean, it's not right. no, it's nothing but then they have dreams that it's like the most beautiful song ever well
0: that's the beauty of music we do comedy so it's like if i talked about the yellow submarine on stage i'd be like so what make me laugh yeah we have to kind of stay grounded <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's what sucks about this art form
1: yeah i there's no way to use psychedelics to hack it where, like, people use psychedelics to hack music, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I've uncovered a new thing. I'm, like, able to find a new channel. But I don't know if drugs in any capacity help. I'm actually curious. I mean, you like a lot of, like, beatnik writers and stuff. Like, Yeah. D- yeah.
0: Do you think alcohol or, like, cocaine or stimulants like that? contributed maybe, to writing? Yeah, maybe Coke. Because you get a guy like Robin Williams or Richard Pryor, they were all huge Coke heads. George Carlin, huge Coke head. So it gets the brain going faster, and maybe you can think about more shit, or think deeper into shit. Mm. But I don't think... You don't want to be too altered. Yeah. I think you want to be more focused in comedy.
1: Yeah, yeah, That's where alt-comedy comes from, is altered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's
0: too much acid. Right.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem. But yeah, I... I did Molly once
0: and that was a really interesting. Molly's experience. cool have you done that? I have, yeah. And how's that? It was called Ecstasy or oh, X when yeah. I was banging. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I loved it. I thought it was great, but it's too good that I'm like it's like eating ice cream every day. You gotta really spread this out. Yeah. And it, for you,
1: did you feel connected with the people you were with?
0: Totally connected. And they're all losers and retards. And I was <laughs> I was at a I remember I was at a pool party. And the, the sun was going down, we're all in Mali, and I was like, this is amazing, I love all of you, and then 20 minutes later, I'm like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Oh, shit. But, at the time, it was really special. None of these ever change your perception on, like, God or anything like that? Nah, nah, big atheist. My thing with religion is I wish I was religious. I have all these friends who, who are religious, and they're like, you don't know what you're missing, and I'm like, well, it's like being gay, I just can't, I just don't feel it. <laughs> yeah, it looks fun. It looks yeah. fun! Exactly. Well, but I can't wish can't get into it. Can't get into it, I used to go to church... With my friends, because I'd sleep at their house, and I went to Catholic school. Never, never hit me. Never got touched. Nothing. Yeah, diddled. <laughs> it just it never, it never happened. The Holy no. Ghost never descended on you. No, I wish. Yeah. And you know, I think people who are religious are happier. They uh, live longer. You know, they have values and all that. But I never got that. Like, hey, if you don't, if you don't have the Ten Commandments, why would you be a good person? Like, well, probably just to be a good person. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that weirder that you need a, a list to tell you? Yeah, I need a I need someone to tell me not to steal. Yeah. Otherwise,
1: I'm just going to be out there stealing. Exactly. I don't know. I was raised Catholic, but I, yeah, I, I still believe in God, but I never felt a very deep like spiritual moment. Okay, you know what I mean. Like I had all these friends that were like, I went to this retreat and I saw Jesus in this apparition, and I I saw someone speaking in tongues, like. I was never, I I was in those experiences and never did I feel anything.
0: Yes. Same. Same. No, I don't know what that was.
1: I I, I almost was like frustrated. I was like, kind of like, hello. Like, can I get a little
0: juju? Just something. Give me a sign. Yeah. It's not like the movies where the trees open up and he's like, Simba's right there. Yeah. 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 It never happens like that. And I'm jealous. You watch these Andrew Tate videos, like, you're going to jail. He's like, well, I know I have God by my side. I'm like, you're going to get. (laughs) <laughs> what, what god what are you talking about i wish i had that confidence or that optimism yeah to go into a gang beef and be like no i got god with yeah me. that's like, insane well i gonna... go into 7-eleven i'm like this is gonna be ugly <laughs> yeah. guy, it's just me here <laughs> yeah. it's very lonely yeah it's because there's other gods in there that's what it is mm. if they got their
1: gods at the 7-eleven yeah and then you pull up with your god and it might be a beef you and know this what
0: I mean? guy behind the counters his god's got eight arms yeah exactly you know? <laughs> yeah, my god's could... got a beard he can swing on you dude yeah how was uh australia by the way oh it was was amazing. It was fun. I I got some theories about australia okay i do a lot of thinking <laughs> australia is better than us in a lot of ways they don't shoot each other it's clean there's no homeless i didn't see much no graffiti the crime is lower everybody makes a living wage and you don't have to tip
1: yeah so nice. it's,
0: it's chill they don't have a lot of that you're a toxic male you cis white gender cum guzzling bitch <laughs> whatever they don't have a lot of that coming out like america we love that shit yeah and uh they don't have a ton they got a little white guilt with the aboriginal stuff But everybody in there is as cool as a cucumber, having a good time. But America, we got real lows. We got fentanyl under the bridge, heroin addict. But we also got Steve Jobs, LeBron James, and Elvis. Mm. So we got the highs and lows, but we got a lot of highs. They are all like this. They're kind of middle. Even keel. Even keel, which is great. And maybe a happier life, and your your blood pressure is, is better. But we got the hustle guys, and then we also got... You know, you're gonna get the good and the bad, like Cosby, brilliant <laughs> comedian, but he's also a, a sh- sociopath. Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah, that's tricky. Did you like being in the environment where everyone seemed more chill, or do you like
0: being I around the it. hustle? I loved. I needed a little chill because we, we're we're inundated with this 24 seven. You know, it's got to have a pod, got to post a clip, got to get views and likes and make money. And they don't really, they didn't seem to have that as much. And as an outsider, that's nice to just. It's like going to a spa. Yeah, you don't want to live in a spa.
1: But it's nice to do it. That's tough. See, I was actually just reading something about this where someone had basically written like a little like substack article saying that as they've gone to more therapy, they've become less ambitious. Oh. And the less trauma they have, the more they're looking at their life thinking, like, who am I doing this for? Who am I trying to be better than? Who am I trying to beat? Who am I trying to prove wrong? Right. Do I really need to show my parents that I'm good enough for their validation? Or can I just accept that they're flawed and that I'm also flawed and that we can love each other and just have forgiveness? Just blanket forgiveness, carte blanche. And I was like, that's an interesting thought. And I've heard people kind of echo that sentiment. And I wonder, in a country that doesn't have as much generational trauma, and obviously there's still trauma in Australia, of course. But, like, (laughs) if they don't have as much generational trauma... Trauma as Americans. Yeah. Think obviously all the crazy bad shit that happened here, plus like immigration and all the people that come here, yada yada, the stuff they're dealing with. If you're leaving your country trying to flee, like coming to this place, there's probably some stuff you're dealing with. Yeah. As a society, if you're able to like cull some of that trauma, does it create a less ambitious, happier society?
0: And is that good or bad? It's a great question. And there's pros and cons to both. That's the problem. Because we all bitch about the hustle and the whatever, but you're also like, we got iPhones though.
1: You know, but it's like our iPhone's good.
0: Well, that's the other question. (laughs) Yeah, We can do this all day. That's what I'm saying.
1: It's like, okay, oh, but the highs and, you know, we have Steve Jobs and it's like, well, Steve was Steve Jobs like a great man.
0: Yeah, he was a great
1: man. But was he a good man? Exactly. And it's like, but what do you want to be in life? Like, do you want to just be like the guy with five kids living in a house, making enough money to take care of everyone on your deathbed, surrounded by people you love? and just have, like, a very sort of, like, normal, even keel life. That's probably, like, what most people want when they write it down. Yeah. But then your ego and insecurity gets in the way where you're like, no, i got to get the hottest girl, and I want to fuck everyone, and I want to fucking make the money. Fast car. Yeah, Yeah, like, the nonsense, that's still really fun.
0: Yes, I think you got to put a governor on it. You know, you don't need to be Elon Musk. Elon Musk probably isn't happy. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. But then he's making a Tesla, which is good for the environment. Uh, So it, it goes back and forth. I always say the Internet... It's amazing and horrible. It's like fire. It can cook your food and warm your house, but it can also burn it down. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the give and the take to every water. Water you need water to live, but it can also drown you.
1: Yeah. You know? I think as I've like dealt with my insecurities and obviously still dealing with it, but like as I've sort of like worked through stuff, I think it hasn't made me less ambitious, but it has made me less impatient. For sure. That I think, like, younger, I was like, okay, I have to do this by this time, and I have to do this by this time. If I'm not doing this and this person's doing that, then I'm not good. And it was just, like, so much. But the goals haven't changed,
0: but the timeline has right right i'm like i can just chill i can can chill yeah you've done more than 99 percent of people already (laughs) i don't know about that comparison is the thief of joy they say yeah so uh, it's also the
1: giver of joy if you're killing it that's true no one ever talks about
0: the flip side like comparison is awesome dude look (laughs) at all these broke boys
1: you know what I mean? yeah (laughs) yeah when you see a hobo you gotta go all right i'm not that guy yeah
0: but yeah it's uh it's tough because we want so much but you're right like what i do i try to reading is good to just sit there and force yourself to read a book which is so hard when you got your phone lighting up next to you yeah and then I'm now I'm watching old movies just to like go back to that lifestyle. And just- Watch a movie, turn your phone off, and my wife can't do it. It's so slow. It's so slow. I watch Westerns. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, jeez, It's like watching paint dry. But if you just get into it, you can do it.
1: Yeah. And, and then
0: you start thinking, but that's what that was normal in 1958.
1: Yeah, it's so crazy.
0: Crazy. And I wonder if it swings back. My my suspicion is that it kinda I, it kinda I think will. It will. There's gonna be a movement of like, I'm gonna live in a log cab, I don't wanna be off the grid. I don't even have a phone. There's gonna be like a 12-year-old kid who goes to high school. In a few years, and he's gonna be like, I don't even have a phone. And all the girls are gonna be like, Oh my god! Yeah, that's so yeah. Cool. he's gonna get
1: so much no phone pussy. It's gonna yeah. be crazy. <laughs> yeah, 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 but like, how much faster can things get, right? Like, oh, like, I don't know. Think I about it, like faster. like the shortness of content. Where it's like, okay, we started with hour long thing, and now it's like a three second clip. Yeah, it's like could it be one second? Well, I think they're are already <laughs>
0: making movies with like, oh, we need to have an explosion here. We need to have bright colors here. We need to have this, this, this. I mean, it just it's just gonna keep going until someone says enough yeah
1: yeah i don't know i i think that that pendulum will swing back i think so too and i and maybe it will get like a little faster and i don't even think it's necessarily worse i think people look at it up, they're like okay it'll get worse then it'll get better i think it'll just get faster and then it'll kind of get less fast i completely agree and i don't think i yeah i don't like ascribing like a moralism to it
0: no no but it's just it's fatigue like we've all opened our instagram and you're like Another crowd work clip, another stand-up clip, another this, another that. It's a lot of tits and ass coming towards me. Let me just take a breather. Yeah, and
1: maybe the Australians got to figure it out just to kind of chill.
0: They're happier. Yeah. They live longer. And Australian girls are beautiful, too. Oh, they? the girls, the guys are beautiful. It's a beautiful people. Yeah, it really for is. former prisoners. Why is there no movie about the prisoners? Like, <laughs> I see prisoners now, and they go punch out an Asian lady in Midtown, <laughs> and then you're like, how did these guys start skyscrapers and yeah. shit like that. It's crazy. Yeah, it is amazing. Do you feel like that plays into, like, the
1: cultural ethos of Australia as a country? Like, the former exile colony
0: penal shit? Like, yeah, I think there's a pride there. Like, hey, we did it, we conquered it, and we, we pushed through. Like, we could have just raped each other and killed each other, but <laughs> we made it work, and we're civil. Yeah. It That's is crazy to good. me
1: how few people live there mm-hmm. for how
0: big of a place it is. 25 million people in the whole country. Well, it's pretty inhabitable. Like, you go up north, and it's desert and rough terrain, and, like, you can't farm there. And you were doing shows? Shows all over. I did every every major city in Australia, and I went to New Zealand. Oh, wow. Oh, that's yeah. really cool. New Zealand's even more disconnected. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they fuck sheep and goats and all kinds <laughs> of... They, they're they open about it. Yeah, they like it? They love it. I asked one guy, he goes, I fucked a goat, and I said, what does it feel like? He goes, kind of like a deer. And I was like, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no. You didn't, you didn't even compare it to a person. <laughs> you went with a different animal. <laughs> As if that was his
1: way to connect with you. He's like, yeah. well, this guy knows what a deer pussy right, is So right. I'll, I'll say it in his terms. Exactly. That is so wild. Yeah, it's Wait, a different world. And you think he was being 100% serious? 100% serious. I
0: got to look at the guy. He was serious. Okay, yeah. Uh, and,
1: and why are they fucking sheep out there?
0: Well, there are a lot of farm people. It's, it's very um, isolated. I guess if you're going to
1: force yourself on anything, a sheep is probably better than
0: a human. And that's their, is their stereotype. Like I went to Australia and they're like you going to New Zealand, watch out, they fuck animals. And I was like, aha, whatever. So they're aware of that. It's kind of like when you go to Florida and some guys like, "No, no, I think the vaccine is uh baby <laughs> blood or whatever." And you're yeah. like, "Oh, you're like the real thing." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, this is what they were talking about. Yeah. Is that guy? <laughs> yeah, they but just also, own it. why
1: do you have to watch out for it? People are like, "Hey, watch out, they fuck sheep." Oh yeah, good point. <laughs> it's like well, I don't think they're going to mistake me for a sheep. <laughs> I'm not threatening <laughs> that too much. Yeah, that's I never thought about that. Yeah, maybe they thought you were going to get in on it. If you had the chance, would you? Well... I'll
0: be honest. If I was drunk enough, maybe. Just it's, for, like, the story. Just, like, see what it is. I don't know about a sheep, because I, like I like bald vagina. <laughs> it's a lot of fluff. But it's woolen, though. It's so cozy. That's true. Think it's, about how nice that would be. It's a cozy bush. Yeah. And you could eat it. After.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Literally. before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think I would, just out of the guilt. Like, I I don't know. I'm not, like, into prostitutes. Yeah. Oh, really? You've never gone a prostitute? Well, I... I Lost my virginity to one, but she didn't charge me. I think that's that counts, dude. Okay, I think that's fine. Uh,
1: yeah, that's not prostitute. All right. Yeah. No, I don't think that's a prostitute. That's, I'll take That's it. pro boner, dude. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so wait, what happened? Well, I've told the story before, but she uh, she she was on a balcony. It was Y two K. It was a night of Y two K. So there was a there was a buzz in the air, <laughs> and she she was flashing people on the balcony on Bourbon Street. And I said, "Hey, look at that!" And she saw me and my friend. She's like, she came down. And then she goes, uh, "You kids want to come up and throw some beads?" And I, I was so keyed up, and I was 16. I was like, "Well, you know, the world's going to end, and I, I don't want to go into 2000 a virgin." And she goes, "Well, I won't let you." And that was it. Whoa! Brought me upstairs. Her husband was sitting there. He goes, "Which one is it?" She pointed to me. He took my friends on the balcony, and uh, she she really taught me the ropes. And what did you what did you do? I uh, froze <laughs> and. I took my clothes off, and she had a condom, and we went at it. Just full, just full on, full on, good times. For, I never foreplay.
1: Were you like getting in there? Did you know what to do?
0: No, I'd seen porn and all that, but I never fucked anybody. But we made out, and then I was rock hard immediately. And uh, I think she was. I think she's into young dudes. I'm I think a survivor. So. I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might be a victim. Bro. I'm a victim, but I, I had a great time. Yeah. Did you? T- you told your friends about it? I was the king of high school for like three months. Really? Oh, yeah. Because this is pre internet. So I was like a viral thing. Oh, I mean, yeah, you got hepatitis. Yeah, there's <laughs> <or> something. <laughs> yeah. 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 She's got to be dead now. Yeah, isn't that wild to think? Yeah. Because this is what, 20 years ago? That was 1999. Yeah, dude. So, so she might have passed on. Probably. She was 50 at the time. And you had nothing to do
1: with her death? No,
0: I think I kept her alive another year. <laughs> yeah, she was a queen of high school for three more yeah. years. That was perfect. Yeah, and you don't know if she hooked up with any of your other friends. No, no, we got out of there. But um, I think she was like traveling and visiting. Oh, that's crazy! It was in a hotel. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah, Ramada man. Hotel Room Two Nineteen. I was in a hotel room. Yeah. Oh, so she might not even have been from there. Oh. No, no, I think she was like we're going to New Orleans for the the New Year's. It's going to be wild. I'll and, fuck some kids and it was dude. yeah oh yeah she just
1: went down there on the prowl dude fucking coney 2022 yeah. just fucking <laughs> just finding some
0: kids oh yeah and she'd seen a few winters i mean she <laughs> was banged up was it enjoyable did you did you like it or did you leave feeling guilty i left kind of feeling dirty like oh uh, my innocence was gone you know i was like fun loving you know a little little pipsqueak yeah and then i left like oh god that was crazy but and she, and she was a prostitute I assume, because I think the husband was the pimp, and she, she had a drawer full of like dildos and sex toys and vibrators and lube, so they knew what they were doing. These are swingers.
1: Oh, maybe they were swingers. Yeah, you're thinking prostitute.
0: <laughs> maybe you're right. Yeah, this is not a prostitute. Either bro. way, it was illegal because I was uh, underage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. She's a pedophile. That's what you're trying okay, to say. Yeah, you keep go. saying the other P word. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, it's not. I don't think
0: she's a prostitute. Bro. Maybe swinger <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. is the right word.
1: Yeah, or just the worst businesswoman ever if she's a <laughs> prostitute. I mean, that's insane. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's no way. But
0: the husband seemed totally cool with it. yeah evidently did he say anything on the way out like slapped your ass and said no but he went out on the balcony and the doors were closed and when the doors opened my friends fell in because they were drinking out there so I was with her for like two hours and change so they just got hammered oh that's so I had to carry their asses home two hours you were in there yeah we really went at it couple rounds couple rounds dude I was 16 I had a lot of stamina (laughs) I mean you didn't feel too guilty no no yeah you go three rounds and you're like all right, maybe yeah that's enough (laughs) Yeah, and I think she was used to banging the old geezer, you know? He had a white beard and everything. Mrs. Claus? That's who you had sex yeah. with, dude? You <laughs> yeah. You fucked Mrs. Claus, and He looked like Colonel Sanders. He, uh-huh. was, he was older. Oh, that's kind of beautiful, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's going to be nice for you
1: to tell your kids about that. There's going to be something beautiful about sharing this story. I'll send them a clip of this. <laughs> yeah, dude. Do you think you'll have kids? <laughs> I do. I think I want them. Yeah? Yeah, you? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, no question. I'll have a kid in next year. Really? Yeah. But you're so young. Yeah. Why not? This is the best time to have kids. I got energy. Whoa. I'm excited. Yeah. By the time they're 18, I'll be your age.
0: Whoa. Just that's crazy. Moving.
1: Yeah. Man, I guess I wish I did that.
0: That's pretty good. <laughs>
1: and then, and then imagine being your age and your kids working for you, cutting your clips. You know what I mean? You're just you don't even have to pay them. Yeah. Child labor whoa that's not bad yeah dude it's all for the business shit yeah you gotta be thinking business business terms is
0: that what nick cannon's doing
1: <laughs> yeah he's starting an army yeah wilding out season fucking 2030 is gonna be so good can you imagine yeah it's gonna be only his kids man all right i guess you're right shit i should have had kids but you can adopt one now you can adopt a 17 year old oh that's not bad yeah and then you just kind of you can make up for your mistake oh yeah then she can
0: date Leo. <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. But all right, maybe I'll yeah, maybe I'll do it. But I, I'm so scared of the early part. I like the five year old, the six year old, the seven year old. That's all gravy. But the diaper, the crying, the no sleep. Yeah, you're not worried about that. No. Hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're not alone, right? Like, and on top of that, I think, and this is mildly sexist. I think women enjoy that part more than the five and six year old. Oh, really? I mean, these in my experience, I talked to my wife, and she's like. I'm so excited. She's like, I want a newborn. She's like, I don't want to have a kid. Right. She's like, I want a newborn. I want to take care of like a tiny little baby. For me, I could give a shit. Yeah. I've got a baby. Like, what yeah, even same. is it? It's like a sack. Like, you know what I mean? It's nothing.
0: Yeah. It's just a liability. This thing could die. It could fall over. Yeah. And take I take, I take and a very something.
1: like pro choice stance with infants. I'm like, yeah. look, that is a clump of cells. Like, that's how, how I, I feel. Yeah. But then you get into, you know, four, five, six. They can start talking. Yeah. They have ideas. They can play sports.
0: Personality. Fun. Funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Good point. All right. Maybe she'll handle that. Yeah. See, just, yeah, tell her I said, yeah, "Yeah, this is your, this is woman's work. Yeah. Yeah. Just pass it on and then she'll do it. It sucks how little women, and this is where I'm going to get in trouble, (laughs) but women have no uh, like honor or they don't really like their shit. Oh, uh, no, my wife is very excited. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that, I think that's part of the reason
1: we get along, is I was like, look, women can have any jobs that they want in the yeah. world, they can do anything they want, they can do any job a man can do. Well, not sperm donor. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh-huh. But, actually, there's actually a thing where they can, like, make a sperm cell out of, like, women's bone marrow or some mm. shit like that. I, like, saw some, like, thing about it, yeah. where, like, lesbian couples could get sperm out of the fucking bone and then stick it in their egg and have a kid, no dude involved. Whoa. That's great. I don't know the details, of what that is. But...
0: I'm like, women don't have to have traditional roles, but in my household... Yeah. We have
1: a fairly traditional, (laughs) set.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, it tends to come back to that. Like, my buddy, his wife, is, like, this big rah-rah feminist activist lady. They had a kid, and she's, like, fucking uh, rag over the shoulder, uh, in the kitchen barefoot, you know, loving these kids, and... You don't have a choice. Like, your biology takes over. The instincts kick in. Like, and every
1: guy that's like, ah, man, I don't want a kid, whatever, whatever, like, they have a kid, and immediately they're like all right, let's go play ball. Like, yeah, yeah. I look at, like, deadbeat dads, and I'm like, that's harder to do.
0: Right. Because they have all the biology saying, like, hey, love this kid, and they're still like, nah. And why aren't we harder on them? We're like, <laughs> so uh, this is bad, that's bad. I'm like, deadbeat dad is way more destructive to society and the economy than... Than any other bullshit we talk about. Oh yeah, they're horrible, but like yeah. no one wants to get into it. I think maybe it's like bad optics or whatever. Yeah, I
1: think they're here in this whole like leave the kids alone thing, and they're taking it too seriously. They're like, you know what? I am going to leave them alone. <laughs> oh, I I'll... never
0: heard. Is that a thing? You haven't heard that? No. All, all these
1: people on Twitter like with like the trans shit. Oh. They're just like, leave the kids alone, <laughs> and these all that. these deadbeat dads are like. That's a good idea. Yeah, so I am gonna leave them alone. I'm gonna go across the street. Right, go I get, get, get some, some milk, grits. and
0: then I'll be leaving them alone. Yeah, our new dad's getting a vape, and not coming back. Is that the uh, updated <laughs> yeah. version?
1: Yeah, exactly. And the kid's like, "Thank God
0: he's gone, dude." Yeah. My dad was gay. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. My dad got a jewel. Right. That's awful. Bro. Right. Yeah, but, but I think you're right. I think the gender roles kick in.
1: Yeah, I just think it's like biology. And again, like I think I think men for a long time have like not picked up their slack. Where it's oh like, yeah. They're like, no, 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 women. You have the kid, and you take care of it, and then I'll work, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, I think it has to be a, a mutual process of like bringing a life into this world.
0: Fifty yeah. fifty. Yeah, I
1: think it like, I think it's also enjoyable. I think doing hard things is good, and it makes oh, yeah. you feel good. Hundred percent. And I think you feel so much more connected to your kid the more diapers you change. Like, I think it, like there's truly a greater like love bond with the more yeah. effort and self sacrifice. 100%. So, I think dads are robbing themselves not being involved in like the early
0: stages. I agree. Early stages. And they, they must be eating them alive constantly. They must be just drinking all the time or doing drugs just to, because I would have so much guilt if I was a deadbeat dad, just out there in the middle of nowhere, like, whoo, I got out of that one. But every night you go to bed, you're like, oh, I totally abandoned a kid. Right? That's crazy to live with that. It's very impressive. I guess we need like to, a, we need to talk about that, dude. Well, women like fucking sociopaths. <laughs> women love yeah. a psycho dude. Yeah, they won't admit it, but they like bad. Every woman I talk to is like, I make horrible choices with men. I'm like, why do you keep fucking these psychos? Well, I think that goes back to like if they had bad examples for
1: men. Yeah, where it's like, like I'm, dude, I'm reading this book, Body Keeps the Score. You ever heard of that? Mm-mm. It's an interesting book. It's this guy. He's like, he's kind of like rejecting like this Freudian idea of childhood where like your sexual proclivities are like like basically that the idea that like your sexual proclivities will dictate your life and personality going forward and he's like it's more trauma based. I agree with that. And uh and I'm probably mis mis uh sort of attributing the way he describes it, but he talks about like if you have if you grow up in a household where you see domestic violence, even if you just see it, even if nothing happened to you, mm-hmm. you're like 20 times more likely to have be in a domestically abusive relationship. In your life. 100%. Like, just by seeing it. It's fascinating how that shit works.
0: Like, you always hear about the girl, my dad beat my mom, and now she's dating a guy who beats her. And you're like, how did you know he was a beating guy? Right. It's like a subconscious thing. They just go towards it. It's yeah. like a familiarity thing. But he wasn't like, hey, I have hit women. And she was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, but she somehow found him.
1: Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Crazy. Yeah, or maybe she deserved it. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> hey, <look laughs> no, no, no. I do think that happened. Yeah. No, but I think... Uh, Yeah, it is crazy that people are drawn to the love that they were given, even if it was toxic.
0: Totally. Like,
1: they're drawn to what's familiar, even if it's negative. Yeah. They did this study with mice, where they basically had two mice families living in these two little mice homes, right? Mm. And one was, like, super cozy, comfy, everything the mouse needed to live, yada yada. The other one was, like, kind of wet, didn't have as much food, shitty environment. Yeah. Not that nurturing. And then they let the mice out of, like, their little thing where they grew up, and they're walking around this big terrarium, and then they play scary noises. Mm. They play hawks, they play lightning, whatever. And then in the fear, all the mice run back to their home, regardless of if it's nice or if it's not nice.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And so literally, the mouse that lived in a terrible situation, given fear, goes back to the terrible situation, even though the situation it's in now is good. It's living out in the wild, or the wild, and is, like, in this, like, nice little area. Going back into the to the the pain that's comfortable. Does he have the option
0: to go to the other guy's house?
1: I mean, it's available in the terrarium. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, mean, I, don't know if he, I don't know if he knows about. it. I don't know if they're friendly like that. But
0: well, that's the devil you know. Yeah. They exactly. Go back to it. Yeah. yeah. So it's fascinating. I, I feel
1: bad for women like you're saying that are like, yeah, I'm, I'm with all these terrible guys, and I'm like, yeah, there might be something going on.
0: Yeah. Well, that's that, a but, guy privilege where we can fuck a bunch of dumb ladies that are toxic, (laughs) and then just get the hell out of there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like a lot of women are like, I got to stay with him, or he fucked me, so I feel close to him, whatever it is. But I feel
1: like that's still connected to the same insecurity. It just manifests differently. Yeah. Like, for guys. I don't know. Like, I never hooked up a lot. Like, I married my girl at 23. Mm -hmm. We got together when I was 18. That's wild. And, uh, yeah, I've been with her ever since. Wow. It's been awesome. But I remember that feeling in high school of, like, girls wanting to hook up, and me being like why do they want to do this Mm. like what like you know what I mean like and they they could hook up with me they could hook up with five other people at this bar but like or like this house party, whatever. But I was like, why do they want to do this? What's going on for them to like? They think I will make them feel better.
0: Oh wow, you thought way deeper into this thing. But then I was also thinking guy. about
1: myself. I was like, what am I doing that I think this is going to be good? Like, because
0: you didn't just have that. Uh, let's do it. I, I have did, that but it was also being counterbalanced. Horrendous. I was also grew up really
1: religious, so I probably uh, had something to do with it. But like, definitely, there was a lot of situations. There was one specifically I remember. This girl, we're at this house party, and she, I forget the exact order. Oh, this is what it was. We're just talking. And I just have a tendency to, like, ask maybe, like, questions that I shouldn't ask. Like, oh, I, 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 I don't do small talk. I'll just be like, so, what's your dad like? And yeah. so, like, she goes into this convo of being like, I don't know if my dad and I have the best relationship. I think he wishes I was prettier. He's men- mentioned things about me and the way I what? look. Like, awful shit, right? And she's, like,
0: 17. But this is a good chat, at
1: least. You're not How, talking about the job? weather. Yeah, I'm, like, so invested. I'm like, okay, I'm listening. and uh, And... And she's like, kind of like starting to cry, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to bring this Holy up. We, we can get hell. off the topic. She's like, No, I appreciate you asking. Like, no one ever asked me the questions like this. Like, this is so cool. Ten minutes go by, and she pulls both her boobs out. Huh. She's like, Do you want to hook up? And I was like, No. Like what? well, Like
0: wait, what's going on at the Starbucks? Are yeah. they all looking? <laughs> yeah. Where were you? No, this is at like a house party. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. No, this is a
1: house party in in high school, and I was just like, No, I, <laughs> like, you just told me. In in my estimation as like a child uh, psychologist, yeah, not a child psychologist, but a child that is also a psychologist in that moment, I was like, y- you're telling me your trauma and the reason yeah.
0: that you want to hook up, and then now you're t- asking me to hook up. This is obviously not good. But obviously she's doing that because she wants you to say she's pretty <laughs> or that you like her. She's looking for some kind of male approval.
1: Exactly. Here. And then I thought about myself, and I was like, why am I trying to hook up with these other girls? Because what am I seeking in them that I lack? So you married this woman. <laughs>
0: no, okay. But wow That's yeah. crazy great, I mean, great
1: lady She could be a little hotter But you know Good lady no. <laughs> Yeah no I Yeah so I went through those experiences And then they kept on happening really? Where girls would be like Do you want to hook up And then I would like We would talk about their life And they would tell me some And again This wasn't every time But it was like enough in a row that. And again I don't think every girl That wants to hook up Is like traumatized Sure But I often think that people that are looking for like casual loose hookups are trying to placate
0: a bit of like an internal. I think there's definitely something deficit. to that, especially the ladies. I think some guys it's almost like an oil change, like let's just fuck so I can not kill people, you know. <laughs> but uh, for a, a gal, I think it's way more mentally motivated and and the stuff behind it. Yeah. But you not fucking this girl didn't help her mind. I mind state. I don't think. I don't know. I think about that a lot. Where I'm like. If I hooked up with her, I would have validated her.
1: Yeah. But then I never would have called her back. She would have maybe wanted to date. I would have said sure, no.
0: True, true. Or maybe she would
1: have just been happy with just our soiree and then call it a night. I don't I know. I think
0: you gotta say, you're very attractive, but I'm gay. Or you gotta <laughs> get out there clean. Because women get mad if you don't hook up with them. I've been called horrible things really? for not hooking up with women. You try to hook up, you get they get mad, but if you don't hook up, they get really mad. Wait, like what? You know, like fuck you, you fucking. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I've had girls call me a uh, many times it turns me on, but it's uh, I think it's because women all they, they get hit on constantly, and guys are trying to fuck them all day long. That when one doesn't, it like fucking you know, it shakes up their, their their wiring gets crossed, it's like malfunction.
1: Yeah, I mean, did you like? I wonder if, in your single days when you were on the road, were you ever hooking up with girls and being like, What am I doing this for? Like,
0: oh, 100%. Like, Especially
1: there's obviously right after, yeah, there's obviously times where it's like, Oh, this is so fun, and I'm glad yeah. I did this, but I'm sure there's times where it's like.
0: Kansas City didn't need to do that 100% especially it's almost like when you eat a a chocolate sundae or a ice cream sundae and you're like what was that I didn't even need that I didn't want that it was all empty calories now I'm worse off than I was before that was a big waste of time it's that same feeling like this is bad but now you add emotions and someone else's emotions so it's it's like triple bad yeah and then there's the
1: logistics, like, they're in your hotel room, they're like, so what else? Yeah. What's going on? And you're yeah. like, I don't really, you were really interesting before. Yeah. yeah. And now you've suddenly become less interesting.
0: And I think it, at the detriment of the ladies, we've been, they've been fed or they're putting out this whole, like, we're just like, man, we can fuck. We just want to get laid too. We're horny too. You know, don't slut shame me. And I'm like, I'm not going to slut shame you. I'm, I'm glad you're a slut. You know, like, well, <laughs> maybe you're not as open and fun as you think you are. Yeah. You know, maybe this isn't as casual and lighthearted as you might be putting on. Yeah. I don't I think I, don't, I
1: think for men and women, it can be emotionally taxing. I 100%. think men are better at hiding it. Yeah. But I do think the emotional burden of just, like, repeated casual hookups, at least, I don't know, from the people I've been around, I can't speak for all dudes, but, like, it does seem like it weighs on them a little bit where it's like, what am I even looking for? Yeah. And then, like, did any of that impact your current relationship? Like, once you met your girl, were you like, "Oh, I'm good"? Or, well, like, you always
0: uh, have the, you're know, like, "Wow, she's really hot." We live in New York City. It's summertime. There's beautiful women everywhere. They're wearing fucking tube tops and tight. Yoga pants. Yeah, bras are done. Yeah, no
1: one wears a bra anymore.
0: So it's tough. So you still have that. You know, it's like you're on a diet. You still can see that nachos look good, <laughs> but yeah. uh, it's definitely more fulfilling. Blah blah blah. Yeah. You know, it's uh, eating right is harder, but it's better for you in the long run. And yeah, you know, trying to you're trying to do something here with this person. You're trying to grow, and you're trying to create a, a relationship and build something. Whereas that is just empty calorie. And how'd you guys meet? Comedy show. Oh, really? Yeah, That's she saw me. I uh, she was on a date. Whoa! And she uh, she was she hated the guy apparently. And I had a hot set, thank God. And she said I was the only one who didn't do crowd work because she's like I sit. I like to sit up front, but everybody goes, "Oh, hey, what are you doing? but what are you fat? Are you ugly? Whatever? What do you do for a living?" And she's like, "Ah!" And then she's like, "You had material." Wow. And that was a turn on. You hear that? Instagram comics, TikTokers write a joke. I um, mean,
1: you got to use that next time. Like you're ignoring her and she gets mad about it. Be like, the whole reason you liked me is because I didn't talk to you. Remember, <laughs> remember that, right?
0: I find that strange too. Like I've had women be like, "You're never around. I want to break up." And I'm like, "What if we break up? I'll never be around." Like that's so <laughs> counterproductive. But that's a whole other thing. But yeah, so then when she DM'd, we hooked up, and uh, the rest is history. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. And when was that? Was that 2000? <sighs> 16, something oh, wow. like that. And now you're married. Mm-hmm. How was the wedding? Oh, it was a killer wedding. She designed the whole thing. Uh, they talk about arranged marriage in India. She <laughs> arranged everything. And uh, it was great. New Orleans, live band, good times. And I did shrooms at my own wedding. Oh, sick. Yeah. That's cool. Highly recommend it. Uh, although, you got to wait till the folks slough off a little. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You didn't put in like a, a communal pass around? I Could, brought it for everybody. And your mom was just... Going wild or what? I had the worst moment because I brought this giant bag of shrooms. It's in my pocket. And I'm giving them out to all my friends. There's a bunch of comics there. And my niece is eight. And she's like, what's in your pocket? And I was like, oh, shut up, you retard. What (laughs) are we doing here? And then uh, she was like, going for it. And I was like, get out of here. And then she was going... Uh, Grandma, talking to my mom, he's got something in his pocket he won't show me. And I was like, shut the fuck up. You should have aborted you, you know. Like, it's just my penis. You're trying to get out of it? So I got out of it, but it was a little dicey. Oh, that's wild. Even my wedding day, I'm like, don't hurt me, Mom. Don't yell at me.
1: I mean, was there any family drama? Like, did did your mom expect something, or like, did her family?
0: Not at all. My parents are pretty pretty low-key, they're pretty chill. Like, eh, whatever you want to do. Like, when I told them I was going to be a comedian, they said, really? You're not funny, but do whatever you want. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Wait, your parents didn't think that you were funny? Well, I think they were just like, really? Comedy, huh? All right, go
1: nuts. That's kind of funny. That's kind of what my my family said. Not to the same extent, but like... My whole family is really funny. Mm-hmm. I'm like the fourth funniest person in my family. Oh wow! And so when people were like, "Oh, Mark's doing stand up," they're like, "Mark? I figured <laughs> yeah. to be one of the other ones." Like, yeah, he's he's fine. You know, yeah. he's he's more of like a middle act, you know? right, right? But like the older siblings, those are headliners.
0: You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. this, they can really do it. But that's see, that's the thing about comedy. Everybody goes, "Oh, you're funny. You should do comedy." But it's so much more than funny. Yeah, you yeah. have to be like a weird thinker, think outside the box, and you have to be good at organizing. <laughs> The act.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. not
0: just funny because you take a funny person like Will Ferrell, he couldn't do stand up.
1: Yeah. It's, it, I always say, like, being funny is almost a detriment because, mm. like, you go up there, you don't have to write brilliant jokes. You can just kind of be funny and maybe get some good laughs. Like, yeah. But it's the guy that maybe isn't the most naturally charismatic person that's like, better write some jokes.
0: Exactly. It's and the like, autistic, weirdo, outcast, <laughs> yeah. misfit guy who's the great comic. Yeah. 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 I do think of an example. Like, Louis C.K. You see him on the street. He's just a bald, redheaded, chubby guy. (laughs) But this guy's got a crazy brain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you need
1: the craziness. Yeah. To actually keep it going. Exactly. And does your girl do stand-up now as well? What's up, guys? We're going to take a break really quick because you need an attorney. That's right. Maybe you were in a car accident. Maybe you slipped, leaving your apartment, leaving your house. The sidewalk was all wet. Who knows? Maybe you need an attorney. And if you do, you got to check out Morgan & Morgan. That's who I would probably call. If something happened to me, if I was riding my bike, and I crashed, someone crashed into me, the worst thing about an accident is barely even the accident, right? I'll have back pain, you'll have neck pain, who knows? The worst part is trying to find an attorney. It's exhausting. You go online, you search all these websites, you're going through Google, you're like, who is this guy? If you're young like me, you, you don't, you've never got an attorney before. It's a really, really challenging thing to do, and it can be super confusing, and that's why you could go to Morgan & Morgan. Morgan & Morgan is America's largest personal injury law firm. They have over 100 offices nationwide and more than 800 attorneys. That's right. They have recovered over 15 billion dollars for their clients. It's so simple. 8 clicks or less. You go to Morgan & Morgan, you can submit a claim. And now here's what's amazing. They don't charge you a single penny unless they win your case. You got nothing to lose. So, if you're ever injured, you could go to ForThePeople.com slash Gagnon. That's correct. ForThePeople, F-O-R, ThePeople.com slash Gagnon or dial Pound Law. That's Pound 529 from your cell phone. I'm telling you, Morgan & Morgan, these are great guys. Dan Morgan is an absolute legend. If you don't know Dan Morgan, you know he's an attorney, but he's even more than that, right? He's a writer. He's a rapper, one of the greatest rappers of our generation. Okay. So if you're ever injured, you could check out Morgan and Morgan. That's for the people.com. F-O-R-Thepeople.com slash gagnon. G-A-G-N-O-N or dial Pound Law. That's pound five two nine from your cell phone. That's for the people.com slash Gagnon, or dial pound law, pound 529 from your cell phone. If you're injured, you can check them out. And by checking them out, you help support the show by supporting the sponsors that sponsored the show. And that helps us get amazing things like this brand new studio that we're going to be recording all of our episodes out of. So thank you to all the sponsors. Thank you to Morgan & Morgan for supporting us and supporting the dream of creating the greatest podcast in the world. Now, let's get back to the show.
0: And hey, does your girl do stand-up now as well? She does, yeah. How's that? It's good and bad because... We can run bits. We can. She knows everything I'm talking about. I don't have to be like, oh, well, a tag is a thing after a joke. You know, we can just have an open conversation. But it's also bad because she's on the road. I'm on the road. You know, you don't see each other as much. Uh, we're both. She's. We're both bitter. Like this guy got it. Can't you believe it. <laughs> and she's like, I know. I hate that guy. So there's pros and cons. As you got more successful, has the bitterness worn off? 100. percent Really? Yeah. Everybody gives. Uh, I don't want to say his name because everybody mentions it, but like the hot guy. With the shirt off, everybody's talking about him. Can you believe this guy? And there's all these pages dedicated to hating him. And I'm like, I don't care. Let him do his thing. He's, he's killing it. Yeah. What do I give a shit?
1: But if you were 20, starting comedy, do you feel like you would have felt probably?
0: Yeah. Saw animosity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know a lot of big comics now who used to have podcasts solely to shit on other comedians, and now they're huge, and they don't do that. Yeah. It's all insecurity. And <sighs> no one wants. No one internalizes. No one goes. Maybe I suck. Because <laughs> I have friends who are new to comedy, and they're like, this guy sucks. And I'm like, he's better than you. But you don't like him, so you're saying he sucks, but you're not worried about you sucking. You should think about how much you suck yeah. instead of worried about how much he sucks. Yeah. That's
1: where the shrooms would be helpful.
0: Yeah. Just give everyone a little a little bit. Yeah. Just to get inside your own head and be like, oh, maybe, right. maybe I'm the problem. <laughs> yeah, people need to internalize more. Everything's somebody else's fault, and I'm a victim, and I do It's like, no, nah, nah, you probably suck too. Do you ever meet someone and just assume that
1: everyone is as introspective as you are and all then you the talk time. to them and you're like oh you haven't thought about any of this i know and i hate them and i'm jealous of them it's something so beautiful about it where it's yeah. like but also they can be sometimes the worst people but like true. I, i've met someone where it's like they we we're basically talking about like insecurity stuff like that and they were describing like all of these things in their childhood about financial insecurity mm-hmm. like you know the rich school hated us and these people didn't like us for this reason yada yada this is just a friend of mine this, these people didn't like us for this, and I drove this, you know, shitty car, and blah blah blah. And then five minutes later, I asked them, "Oh, do you feel like you were uh, in that time insecure about your money?" And they were mm. like, "No." nah uh-huh. I was like, "What? Exactly?" Like you, I mean, I don't know. Like I don't know what's going on in their head, but like just dealing with that insecurity, just—I mean, not even being aware that you are insecure. Right. Right. Must be kind of a frustrating feeling. Frustrating or freeing? I don't know, I, I guess it depends
0: on how big the other feelings you have are though I guess so, but it always blows my mind, like it baffles me You know, you see the, the guy on the train blaring music And then somebody will be like, hey, can you turn that down? And he's like, fuck you, don't tell me how to live, da 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 And you're like, how does this guy think he's right? Yeah You know there's like 80 people on the train, we all hate you <laughs> Somebody asked you nicely to turn it down, and they're the bad guy yeah. Not you, you, have, you do another wrong yeah. I, I feel like the, the society, we're getting more guys like that how, Where does that come from? How does that happen? I don't know. I think they're just like, it's very almost (laughs) primal. Like, you're attacking me, so I attacked you back. Why? What was wrong with that? And you're like, I know, but you got to look at the big picture. And then a lot of people just can't. I got yelled at by a a lady once at a show, and she was like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's not true, da, da, da. And she kept saying shit, and she was like, I don't get what you're saying. And I'm like, have you ever considered that you might be wrong? And she was like, I'm never wrong. And I'm like, oh, there it is. You're not right, but she can't. That's not a it's
1: part. Not part of her vocabulary. Wow. So then it's just a constant rationalization of okay, how am I right and exactly. how is this person wrong?
0: And they go, but I feel bad. I feel hurt, so I'm yelling at you. So I'm right, and you're like, I know, but you're still wrong. Just because you're hurt doesn't mean you're right. Yeah, it's but that's fascinating. a big problem. Now we yeah. go off. We go off gut emotion quick. Yeah, I feel like I need more of that
1: though. I would. I feel like I would benefit from a little bit more like gut emotion. Mm. I'm just going to trust that I'm right. Like I, I overthink a lot. I'm just. I confident. think that's
0: better. I think you're better. We need more of you.
1: <laughs> yeah, be you. This is good. I don't because like every decision, I'm like, okay, like let's look at all the different angles. How could this be perceived incorrectly? How could someone be hurt by this? That's yada healthy. Yada.
0: You're you're the good one
1: for everyone else. But then for me, I'm exhausted. I'm just like, whew. yeah,
0: it's the shit <laughs> of your life for sure.
1: Do, are, do you overthink a lot of stuff? Everything, like that? everything. Oh, really? And I always assume I'm wrong immediately. But that's just a self-esteem thing. Ah. Uh. In what way? Like, someone will say... Like, I've done this before where someone stepped on my shoes, mm-hmm. and then they look at me to apologize, and I go, oh, my bad. I do the same thing. And then, and then they go, my bad. Yeah. My bad. I'm like, why
0: would I even think that it's my bad? A hundred percent. I'm the same way. And it goes to bigger shit, like a car accident. Wait, what do you mean? You know, like, somebody will hit me, and I'm like, oh, my God, are you okay? I'm so sorry. But I'm like, wait a minute. They hit me. Yeah. So now I'm, like, paying half of it, even though I didn't do anything <laughs> wrong. But and then that's why it's so vexing when somebody's the other way where they're like, no, you hit me, and I'm like, how did I hit you? You hit you hit my back bumper, like you hit me, and they're like, well, you don't know how to drive, and I'm like, I did everything right, (laughs) you know? I don't know. So it's it's very frustrating. People are just like, I don't want to lose, and they're so confident that they're right. I know. That's why there's people's court. You ever watch Judge Judy? That's all it is. Just people going like, I need he owes me money, but you owe me money. We're fighting, and now we're suing each other, and you need a person a professional in a robe to go you're wrong yeah
1: and I, yeah i wonder if it is i've noticed that for me it's probably like a self-esteem thing like and also just like having a big family like growing up with a lot of people like just being kind of deferential yeah like if there's a conflict just being like like as a the youngest kid i feel like there would be a lot of conflicts that i would just get pummeled
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so i would just be like all right
0: yeah yeah and i would just
1: be like just make it end just whatever that's you want. how i
0: feel make it end yeah I'd it's really not worth it. the time No, but where does that
1: come from for you like you only had one other brother
0: Well, I don't think it's a a family thing. I think it's a lack of, uh, I hate confrontation. So it's just like, let's just get through it. If I got to apologize, fine, whatever. I'll suck it up just to get this to end.
1: Growing up in the shitty neighborhood in uh, New Orleans, do you think that had anything to do
0: with it, like those experiences? Mm, Maybe, maybe. But like, like I'll see a comic get trashed on Twitter, and I'm like, oh, man, that was crazy. And they're like, I know, I started to fight back, and it just kept going. Like, it it doubled down, and I'd be like, oh, shit. And that would, that would scare me. Yeah. So I don't know where it came from. I guess I'm being outnumbered, and uh, my dad was pretty explosive, so you're just like, okay, okay. Oh, really? Oh, scary dad. What, up. what did he do for work? A lawyer. Okay. Like an ambulance chaser guy. Oh, sick. Yeah, yeah. There was all, all these photos in his office of like a guy falling on a boat and bleeding his, out of his shin, you know? Oh, shit. Or a guy slipped at Walmart, that kind of Smiling. thing. Smiling? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's next to the there was I remember there was a broken jelly jar on an aisle, and, and the guy was like "Whoa!" You know? my dad was like chuck, chuck, chuck. And then used all those in the
1: in the case. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, interesting. So, but did he drink a lot? He drank uh, a good bit, but I wouldn't say he was a drunk guy, but he would come in hot. Like he, you know, we lived in Louisiana, it was a lot of heat, bad neighborhood. He's in a shitty black suit. And he would just uh, come in like, Get out of my way, I had a hard day at work, I'm sweaty, I'm gay, move it along, <laughs> and you're a seven year old going, Hey Dad, Dad, he'd be like, Shut the fuck up, get out of here, you know.
1: Oh, he was like that type of aggressive.
0: Yeah, good guy. I don't want to paint him yeah, as a mean no, guy, of but good guy, but he was just like, I can't do this right now. Yeah. So he would snap. And then that probably taps
1: on like your sense of self a little bit. Oh like,
0: yeah, I'm twitchy and, and paranoid. Yeah, that's the weird thing with kids, dude.
1: Like kids with parents that aren't super available. Mm-hmm don't think because their parent is the source of everything good It is the source of life it is the source of everything that is good in your life is your parent and so there's no way they could be bad right and so even if again not that your parents were bad but like even if you had a bad parent the child tells themselves they're good so therefore i must be bad oh yeah and therefore i actually they justify all the reasons in them that their parent would be acting this way Yes. So even if the parent is objectively wrong, if the dad is just like drunk hitting his kid all the time, the kid will be like, oh, I'm worth hitting.
0: Yeah. I am
1: someone that should be hit because my parents are always acting in a good way. 100%. And so therefore I am the reason I'm the the cause
0: for this. I think we do that with religion. In what way? You know, we just go, hey, the priest is right. The (laughs) priest, he's a good guy. Or or God is good. And you're like, is he? Mm. What about the cancer and the killing and the wars and all that stuff? And then there's a
1: justification for why
0: why they're good. Yeah, he I mean, works in mysterious ways, so, but it's always only the good shit. It's like Carlin had that joke where if you make a touchdown, you thank God, but if you drop the ball, you never go, what the hell, God? You know, it's a great <laughs> yeah, bit, yeah. but uh, it's true, and then I think we do that with parents, too. Especially because yeah. you're a kid, you're so malleable and dumb. Yeah. Yeah, it is crazy, like,
1: how kids evolve. Mm-hmm. Literally, they go through, like, human evolution in, like, three years. I mean, Whoa. more than that, but, like, they start with just, like, a lizard brain. Yeah. Just, like, doing just like sympathetic parasympathetic just going up and down Mm -hmm. like hungry tired sleepy angry just immediate emotions and then literally their frontal cortex like comes online Mm. like after a couple months Uh, like and then all of a sudden now they're able to think and do rational thought yeah and then in that time just whatever you're feeding them or whatever you're doing around them they'll just do whoa and it's crazy because like you'll tell them like hey don't get angry but if you're just angry around them, they will be angry. It's like crazy. <laughs> like, like they I, you can't tell them anything. It's almost not even worth talking to your kids because they'll just do whatever you do anyway.
0: Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Like, Whoa. Yeah. Just
1: That's like scary. I have all these little nieces and nephews, and just the way that they are emulating my siblings. Regardless of what you tell them, like yeah. they just
0: will become what they're around. That's it is really fascinating. Wild, that is fascinating. Yeah, it just happens. It's crazy. That's it, how you can get like a Hitler youth, or uh, you see those kids in Africa with machine guns. You K- know, twenty twenty whatever, yeah, twenty twelve, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it just happens.
1: Yeah, Ugh. And, yeah, and that's the one thing that scares me with like having kids is just like trying to be as present as possible. Mm. So like being on the road doing stand up, am I able to go for? You know eight months out of the year and then spend four months just like fully present yeah how
0: does that affect things yeah because time is really the way you got to give them yeah time and love yeah but not too much love <laughs> you know you don't want to be not not sexually <laughs> but like you don't want to be the overbearing where your kid's are like all right dad mm. give me a give me a breather
1: yeah i don't even know if that's love though. that's that's
0: insecurity again right where it's like i have to control
1: Every, everything you do is an extension of me yeah like if you're bad that means i'm a bad parent it's like the the parents' own ego is tied into the kid's success or failures, right? And that's a terrible way to live, also. True. So, it's wait, like,
0: are you Gen Z? I'm, I'm right on the cusp. I'm okay, ninety six. So why are you? You seem pretty well adjusted. And you grew know. up in Florida. Yeah, I know. You got long <laughs> hair. You know, yeah.
1: you drink. I'm in the fucking opium tent. Yeah, yeah, man. But you
0: seem pretty even keeled.
1: I don't know. I I mean, I think having a lot of siblings helps with that. That's true. Like I got to watch a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, sibling gets a DUI don't drink and drive or don't get caught. Yeah. Like sibling, you know, has a bad breakup. Like, I I think part of the way I like date came off from that. I have all these sisters that I was grew up around and they'd Mm -hmm. be like, this guy sucks. He took me on a date. We hooked up. He never called me. I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, call him back. It's just shit like that where it's like I'm just
0: absorbing all of it. It's like when you go third on a show, you can be like, "Oh, the crowd hates dirty, yeah, yeah, rowdy." I'll fuck with that. They love Jew jokes, more Jew jokes. That's always the answer. That's that's my whole (laughs) comedy mantra. But yeah, that's
1: interesting. But yeah, that was the benefit thing of having a lot. There's obviously downsides like attention, things like that. But Mm -hmm. I think the upsides of just being surrounded by a lot of different types of people that are making mistakes that you can learn from.
0: Totally. I think for me, I grew up in a lot of different. Environments, so it was like black neighborhood, white kid. Mm. Uh, then I went to public school. Then I went to Catholic school, <laughs> private. Then I went to community college. Then I went to real college. Then I went back to community college. Then I filled out. So I was always mixing and matching, back and forth, and never you're always kind of the odd one
1: out wherever yes, you
0: were. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. So I think I had to adapt a lot. You went to Catholic, Catholic school, and you're
1: like, oh, this is a public school kid. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then you go to community college, and then you go to regular college, and they go, oh, this is a community college kid. Yes. And you go back to community college, and they go, ah, oh, this is the college kid. Like, yeah, you're yeah always, exactly. You're always
0: the outsider of whatever thing you're going into. hundred percent. And comedy is just nothing but outsiders. That's yeah. why it was so great coming into this. You're like, oh, you're a weirdo, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you just
1: observe everything also. Yes. Because you're required to observe things.
0: You got to observe or die. Yeah. Because you got to adapt to the surroundings. Yeah, that's interesting. And were you shy when you were a kid? uh not really i was so dumb i think that i was like life is good we're living baby fuck around i was a big class clown you know cut up um i mean i was shy around new people and stuff like that but i needed that that laugh so bad i need that love that i i i would push through the shy to be um funny yeah and like with your friends or even just like in class in general just like being funny all the time, yeah. well, I was always on. I was always annoying. But then a college hit, and that's when I was really like, "Ugh!" That's when the the shit hit me. Like, this is this is real now. Uh, like, I'm kind of getting into adulthood. I'm worthless. I've never done anything. I'm failing out. Did you feel cool in high school? Nah, not really cool. Uh, you know, got beat up. Um, I was more dorky. Uh, you know, these guys are like football players and shit. I was a skateboarder and stuff like that. So it was it was a little more like grungy weirdo. Right. But not into, like,
1: traditionally dorky shit, though. Like, skating, I guess, in that time was, like, a little different, but, like, yeah. it's still cool. Like, it's still, like, I countercultural.
0: I guess. But we get, like, chased around by tough guys, you know? Oh, really? So it wasn't... It didn't seem that cool at the time. But, like, when I started comedy, I was in the alt scene because I was like, I feel better with these people. Hmm. You know, just they seem more open-minded, except now they've gone off the rails and overcorrected, and now they're not inclusive at all. Yeah. You know? But, uh... At the time, that felt right. Interesting. Let me go with the weirdos. That's that's where you fit in. Yeah. And did you like skating for that reason? Did you feel like skaters were
1: yeah, a little maybe, outside?
0: Maybe. Very outside. I mean, the whole thing is just like being somewhere you're not supposed to be. You know, like you, you grind on a ledge of a bank and the guy comes out and goes, get the fuck out of here, you kids. And you're like, this feels right. Mm. Getting yelled at by this guy.
1: But never traditional sports. You were never like, Mm-mm. oh, I'm going to go try not to play once. football.
0: No, Nothing.
1: But never like theater either. You were never like, no, I oh, did a little man.
0: theater. I oh, little, really? My parents made me do theater. Like, you got to do something. So in the summer, I would do acting camp. Oh, wow. Did you and like it? That was great. You, that was great. You enjoyed it? Yeah, I did, because it was all just fucking around. You know, like, you get to make the set, then you you, you do the lines, and then you, you act it out, and you rehearse, and hmm. you fucking around backstage, you put makeup on, and a weird outfit, and all that. It was fun. And why didn't you stay on that track of, of doing theater? I it was a horrible actor. I'd rather cut out of the scene and say something actually funny than just read the script. It was too constrictive.
1: Yeah, I feel like you would not change your cadence at all. You'd be doing Shakespeare...
0: Yeah, like ah, eh, what's up with these queefs? You know, <laughs> Julie- queef Juliet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Juliet, you whore. Where are you, skank? Yeah. Get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> you killing yourself for me? What an idiot! <laughs> you know,
1: should be a way better
0: Shakespeare. I would way
1: rather watch that Romeo and Juliet.
0: <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. but, you know, they didn't like it. They disagreed. Yeah, and there's a director there. Like, who the hell are you? Let us do this. And then why'd you go to college? My parents made me force you. It was the 90s. It was like, this is what you do. You graduate, you go to college. Did you get student debt at all? No, I actually paid for all of it. I'm done, and uh, I'm so glad. Were you excited to be moved out of the house, like, with your parents not not on you? Big party guy, big booze guy. I just wanted, like, no um, supervision at all. Uh, I'm I'm lucky I'm not dead. I mean, the drinking and driving I've done... Uh, the drugs how, how many parties. miles you put on you think? oh dude one time i drove to baton rouge i was so drunk it said 66 miles away i fell asleep and i woke up and it said six and i was like <laughs> holy shit how did i not die dude you're the first tesla dude <laughs> you're the first self-driving car that's yeah, amazing but i was a lot no i wasn't quiet wow i was probably all over that, that <laughs> rumble strip you know <laughs> yeah just screaming. it yeah they
1: should make that rumble strip like a song
0: Oh yeah. Like it
1: is always just like a gross noise, but like if it was just like a little beat. True, but you don't want it to be a lullaby. No, no, it's the baseline of like tool or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like getting
0: going a little. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's wild. And so and why go to college, like after community college? Well, I dropped out just to go to comedy, but it was just like I was so rudderless. They're like, You gotta go do something. You need some structure. You'll sleep till three, you'll get drunk every night, you'll fuck around with your friends. And then comedy is the only thing that like pulled you out of the spiral of like nothing yeah i was uh, i went to film school that's how how little i had going on i'm like maybe i'll go to film school i'll be woody <laughs> allen i'll fuck uh, a young asian and uh then i went to film school and i started doing open mics at night uh and i was like this is it so i'm literally at this school my parents like how is it are you learning anything does this feel like a right path and then i found stand-up and i was like this is it so i found it on accident were you concerned at all in that period of like oh i'm gonna be a failure my life really i just had i would i wasn't even concerned i just accepted that like i'll just be i remember telling my dad like maybe i'll be a ups that seems pretty good you know and he's like yeah i don't know and then i was like maybe i'll be a bellhop that's a good gig you're running around you get a little hat on he was like yeah i don't know and i could tell he was disappointed in me because you were only picking occupations based off costume yeah, I feel like you were just yeah. like, "Who's got a cool outfit?" Yeah, mailman. They wear shorts. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, they got a little car with no door. So I was like, "I'll just be, a, oh, I'll be a good waiter if I can really get a waiting job at a nice restaurant. That's a pretty good gig, you know. And I can sleep in, work at night." And were your parents like trying to guide you to like they be more were ambitious, like in their own way they were. But if you don't have it, you don't have it. But I knew if I found something I liked, I would go all in. And then you just happen to do stand-up, and you're like, all right, this is it. I was like, this felt fun. This felt right. So you got the fix of the theater, but also you could be accepted for your weird thoughts.
1: Yeah, the weird thoughts that were alienating all all growing up.
0: So you always felt misunderstood, hate feeling misunderstood. So then when you finally are getting a laugh, a room of people is laughing, which is kind of an agreement. Yeah. You know? And if you get a big laugh, you're like, ah! That's an acceptance, like, concentrated. Have you heard that quote, laughter is the sound of common understanding? Ooh. Yeah, well, I haven't, but I love it. It is
1: is exactly how I feel. Like, like you say something, and what is a joke? Like, how do you understand a joke? You get it. Yeah. So it's a whole group of people getting the same yes. thing, and they're all understanding. And then how do they show their understanding? They laugh. Like, nailed it. It's very simple, and it's a very validating feeling, especially if your whole childhood you're growing up. Like, hey, isn't this interesting? And you're telling people the skate park, and they're like, kind of weird. Yeah. And you're like, even the weirdos think I'm weird. What the fuck? Yes. And then you're talking to a girl, and you're like, well, didn't you just say this other thing? And you're kind of being a hypocrite, and she's oh. like, fuck you. And then you're like. Okay, no, I'm constantly being chastised and ostracized for the way I feel and the things I'm thinking. 100%. And then I find a venue and an outlet to not only be understood, but to be applauded. Yeah. That's pretty profound.
0: Yeah, I think you nailed it. That's why comedy was great. And that's why people are like, you do six sets a night? What are you, crazy? And I'm like, it's just more acceptance yeah is I'm, I'm getting more of the drug and i'm working out like i get to work on my act and make it better and i get better at it like if you were working on the piano and you love the piano would you do it for 15 minutes and then stop no i got to do it for i want to do it for an hour yeah an hour it's an a obsession yeah it's an obsession and you can only get good by doing it so people go five sets a night is that necessary i'm like well if you wanted to be a basketball player would you just do one 10 minute session Yeah. No, you'd play all night. Yeah, you do as many as you can. Yeah. And if you could do seven sets and it was feasible and it wasn't super far. Exactly. But the bottom line is people go, six sets, you're running around. I'm like, but that's the only way to do it. You need a full audience and a microphone and seats and a building. Yeah. You know, you need a logistics thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. Mm. And are you ever like concerned of, in that way, I was talking about like therapy sort of can like mitigate ambition. Were you ever concerned, like, oh, if I work on, that feeling of validation and getting that validation and sort of like figure out what that
0: is that it'll impact the stand-up oh i never thought that far into it i just thought i hope this is funny because <laughs> uh,
1: i think about that where i'm like like uh do i want to go to therapy because if i therapize oh, all my feelings I, I had that worry yeah and i i sort of like understand why i'm seeking all these things mm-hmm. well i want to do stand-up less Will I, will I write less? Will I want yeah. to share
0: ideas less? Fortunately, that didn't happen. But right. that, that feeling, that fear was there. Yeah, yeah. I guess I thought of that, but I was so in need of therapy that... Because if you're funny, you're funny. Mm-hmm. And the trauma's already baked in. So you're not going <laughs> to clean... It's like when you're hungover... And you're really hurting, and you drink a glass of water, and you're like, Well, I'm dehydrated. Shouldn't the water help me? Yeah. No, no. It's all right, you're already done yeah, the damage. Yeah, it's in there. It's the same with therapy. Like, you need the water, but it's just to help you learn what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. It's not going to actually heal it. Yeah, I feel
1: the same way with mushrooms. People will be like, Dude, I took mushrooms, and like I don't feel any different. I'm like, It's not going to do anything. <sighs> like, it is going to show you different ways to think about yourself that yeah. then you have to work on. Yes, and yes. that afterwards is when the actual effort goes in, where it's like writing down how I feel, writing down the things I did wrong, thinking about your life in a different way, yeah. and then applying the lessons that you learned. Yeah, it's like it's not like it's a panacea that's just going to like change your brain chemistry. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh well, wow, I'm not an asshole. It's like no,
0: no, nothing is that. All these people relying on that, like, how do I become happy? It's like, well, if you're watching this, you're already fucked <laughs> because you got to do the work. You can't just have a video tell you how to be happy. Yeah, you got to go in and do the do the the heavy lifting, but. Nobody wants to do that. They want to take a pill and just fix it. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's probably, like, a function of, like,
1: Western shit in general. Like, there's just a lot of pills that have made a lot of things a lot easier. But, unfortunately, those, like, internalized things and the traumas and shit like that, like, I don't know. Maybe one day there'll be a pill. There'll be a surgery. You can go in. They can fucking chop up a fucking chromosome
0: and make you retarded. Who knows? Well, have you heard the quote? There's no free lunch in nature. Yeah. So I think like you got a, you could take a an oxycodone or a fucking fentanyl pill and you'll feel great, but it's not gonna do any long term effects. Yeah, it's just for right now. The actual effort. Yeah, you got to go in and, and do the work, but that's hard. Like I have a friend, he's super depressed all the time, and all he does is sit online, and all he does is in- absorb all this news and Trump and. Ukraine and uh, BLM and all this shit. He's just always absorbed and he's always bummed out. And I'm like, well, you got to get off the internet. He makes all these, well, then I won't be informed. Then I'll be out of the loop. And I'm like, dude, that would be the best thing for you. And then I'm like, get a job. He doesn't have a job. He just gets unemployment. And he's like, I don't want to get a job. That would make me sadder. And I'm like, I don't think, I think it's the opposite. I think the job would make you happier. You'd have a little structure. You won't be sitting around thinking and just sitting in this dark room all day, just consuming this negative shit. And he's like, what, a job, suck? I'm like, it would give you some goal. What if it didn't suck? What if it was... Wow, that too. Like, what if you have...
1: Like, even if it's not, like, a hyper-prestigious, you're not a fucking engineer at Google, but, like, yeah, what if you were able to be, like, working a bakery? Yeah. Like, working in a bakery seems like such a great job. Everyone that sees you is happy. You get to give people sugar, which is awesome. They feel good when they get it. Like, you're around generally pretty nice people. No one's a dick at a bakery. No. And you just get to, like, sell people baked goods all day? Like... Being around other human beings would make you feel so happy. Yeah, that you I'm know. Like, just
0: getting you out of that negative spiral. To- totally. you got to be around other people. That's huge. That's why everybody got sad during the pandemic. Also, they did, they did some study. The happiest people are these blue-collar guys who come home with a hard hat on. They're covered in dust. Their hands hurt. They're the most happy, satisfied people. Yeah. Because there's something about doing shit physically. Yep. You know, you use your body, use your brain. Like, this screw doesn't go into there. Like, what me, the other screw? Like, all that shit is good for you. My wife, she loves to cook, and I think I see her chopping the celery. She's reading the book. She goes back, puts a table po- tablespoon of salt. All those little things are good for you, you know, using your brain and seeing these different substances, tasting it, using your uh, senses, all that shit. Yeah, but we just we we hate discomfort, but discomfort probably the best thing for us.
1: Yeah, there's so many little things that uh, it's funny. Actually, Liver King pointed out some of them mm. that are so funny to me that I never even considered. Where like apparently countries, like you've heard of the Blue Zones? No. So Blue Zones, uh, there was a book that came out in the early 2000s. Uh, it's called Bl- The Blue Zone. Okay. Blue Zones. I know and Blue Chew. Yeah, It's similar. Oh, okay. okay. Shout out to our sponsors. No, uh, it's <laughs> basically a series of countries and areas where people exceed the life expectancy rate by like 10 years like insane like japan is part of the blue zone parts of costa rica and central america part Mm. of the blue zone and where all the people that live here generally are living like standard deviations more than the rest of the world in life expectancy i think we're 82 on average and over there it's like 90 something okay like they're living old and people are like, okay, what's happening? Why are they living so old? And they look at different elements of their life, and there's so many little things that I just didn't even realize. Like sleeping on a bed mm. could potentially be, have negative health effects over time. Really? Where they pointed at people that were sleeping on the ground or on lower surfaces, whether it's like a pad on the ground or like a, a firmer, like even like some type of like mattress on the ground. Mm-hmm. Getting up and down from the ground,
0: Whoa. your entire
1: life is actually better for you. And that, like, you're actually—it's better for your mobility. You're using your joints more, yeah, versus just like falling into like a foamy thing and rolling out of it. Yeah, getting
0: up and down from the ground is like an indicator of health in later years. And it's kind of like you know the dog will circle the carpet <laughs> eight times before <laughs> yeah. he sits down. That's from like wolf yeah, DNA, flat in the grass, flat in so. the grass. Yeah. So I wonder if we have some of that from cavemen getting up every day off the ground.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, it's just kind of, but it makes so much sense. Where it's like, yeah, for most of human existence, we're probably sleeping on. Like, little padded things on the ground.
0: That's hilarious, because all my broke-ass loser friends have a mattress <laughs> on the floor. And they'll Turns never, out they were happier than me. They'll never die, dude. Yeah. They will never die. Those <laughs> motherfuckers will live forever. Damn. But there's so many little things where it's like, oh,
1: yeah, if you are not eating as so much sugar, yep. like, you don't have to brush your teeth as frequently. Interesting. Like, if you're not, because, like, it's just, your teeth aren't getting eroded all the time. Like, if you're eating tougher foods, mm-hmm. your teeth will organize better, and you won't need braces as frequently in societies that are eating, like, really firm foods. Yeah. Uh, versus just like eating like soups and gummies and like fucking smoothies and shit all the time. Yeah, bad news. It's just not good for like facial development. Like it'll actually like bring up like your cheekbones more, your jaw will be stronger. Like all these things. Again, I don't know the scientific ability of any of them. But Those you hear it and you're like,
0: Oh yeah. That, that, that makes is, sense.
1: That is what we used to mostly do.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I was getting real sad in the morning for a while and I have kind of O C D. So now I wake up and I do a certain amount of push ups mm. and then every day I go, Maybe I'll do one more. And then I do pull-ups on scaffolding, which is now bad because all these listeners come by and they go, hey, comedy. And I'm like, ah, you know, I look like a, a weirdo. And uh, But it's all – people are like, why would you do that? Pull-ups pull suck. And I'm like, that's why I'm doing them because yeah. they suck and I don't want to do them. But you got to keep that discipline up.
1: Yeah. You know? I, I, I like the quote of uh, in order to endure the difficulty later in life or the difficulty you can't control mm. – You must put yourself into difficulty you can't control. Hey, that's good. So you're putting yourself into intentionally hard situations that you can control, because eventually there's going to be a hard situation you can't control, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, your fucking parents are going to die. Like, that is an inevitability that you're going to have to deal with. Yes. And not that, like, doing pull-ups will, like, make you cope with grief better, but just intentionally putting yourself through mental
0: challenges will... Make those other challenges you can't control easier to deal with. I completely believe that a hundred percent and everyone's avoiding that and I think to, I think you should go right towards it.
1: Yeah, have you heard the biological background for like why people laugh like comedy? Mm-mm. I've just I've read this book I don't know if it's true or not, but like that there's two types of laughter. There's laughter for uh, surprise they're yeah. like the fundamental nature of like laughter or surprise, which like obviously you would know from doing stand up, But like misdirect. Yeah, exactly. It's just the basic like Stephen Wright level, like boom. Mm-hmm. You thought it was going one way, it's going a different way. Yeah. And it'll get a laugh more often than not where it's like, it, do- it doesn't even have to make sense. It just has to be not what they were expecting. Yeah, And part of the reason is like you are building up cortisol and stress when you are seeing something in nature that you don't understand so the example this guy gave in the book is like okay you're a caveman you're living in your cave you got your cave wife cave family you're protecting them that is your goal right and all of a sudden like you wake up in the morning and you see like the tall grass and there's something moving in the grass and you're like what's moving over there mm. and you start to see it and all of a sudden it starts moving it starts moving like a tiger and you're like there's a tiger and tiger's about to come kill me and you see it kind of moving and you could start to hear it and it's kind of like grunting and you're like this tiger's going to kill me. You go get your spear. You got your spear. Your heart rate's going crazy. Cortisol's getting released. You're in fight or flight. It's time to go. You got to protect your whole family, right? Yep. All of a sudden, the big gust of wind blows. Two monkeys having sex. Hey, comedy. How how do you get rid of all of that built up cortisol and energy, all that stress? (sighs) Right. You're releasing the tension. And you laugh. Exactly. So there's all this tension buildup. Surprise, release it all. Yep. And he's like, it is basically like a mechanism people developed. And he's like, there's a couple other reasons where it's like, let's say it is a tiger, you kill it, and all of a sudden you let it laugh out of elation. Mm. It's a similar thing where you're expelling the feeling, but now you're expelling it with superiority built in where you're like, dude, I'm the best. Yeah. And that there's different types. But I always look at that where I'm like, oh, yeah, if you break it down to like the base biological reason why people are laughing, kind of makes joke writing a little bit easier. Interesting. I, I think. Where I'm looking at it, I'm like, Okay, what is the core of this misdirection? What yeah. is the core of like what this point I'm trying? This metaphor, what is like the essence of it? Like yes. what is the what is the misdirection? What is the surprise? What is the group understanding? What is the cleverness? Right. Like how can I reward their hard work? Yeah. And I don't know. I think if you break it down to biology, it kind of makes sense.
0: That makes a, a lot of sense. I think there's a lot of different ways to get laughs, but that is the most sure way. Yeah, I think like the most like lizard
1: brain primal yeah. like built in, maybe like slapstick. Would yeah, be like more, that too. Maybe
0: that'd be like more basic. But. Like a fall or something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's a uh, 100% right. And I think that's also maybe, and this is me getting crazy, p- thought-provoking, bullshit, pretentious, but comedy's so hot right now. Like, people are selling out arenas, everybody's on TikTok, blowing up, going viral. Comedy's huge. I've been doing comedy 16, 17 years. I've never seen it like this. Mm. Everybody's doing arenas. Everybody's just giant Netflix specials every two days. It's huge. Clubs are all full. Blah, blah, blah. Maybe it's because A, we have such comfortable lives that we we need that cortisol buildup. We crave it. Like an audience is in the uh, in the show going like, Oh, I I feel something for once. Hmm. You know, because we're all just Uber Eatsing and Netflixing and and sitting on a bed that's too high you know (laughs) so i think we crave that and i think well the world is in a weird place too so i think we want to like laugh and shit yeah that's part of it too i think uh a lot of stuff like you you watch the news for 10 seconds and you go that seems weird what's up with that oh genders are fluid uh racial tension this and that ukraine war biden's falling down there's all kinds of stuff going on so you're like ah and you can't really say as much now Mm -hmm. so when you, you you almost crave hearing someone else say it Right. You know, like, the court jester was the king. He was, like, the relief for the king. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, great. Uh, I can I can let back, let loose a little and watch this idiot. And I think we need that a little now. Do you still get
1: frustrated watching the news and stuff?
0: Like, I, I try to cool it on it. I, I know you've talked about, like,
1: different, you know, like, PC shit like that in the past. Like, do you still watch things,
0: at, like, with Biden or whatever else and get, like, angry? I don't get angry at that stuff, no. I get angry at... Uh, Like, people overreacting, which I guess I'm overreacting, but I get angry at, like, you know, people making a mountain out of a molehill, and maybe their lives are empty, so they make something out of a thing that's really not that big of a deal, but then when you question them about it, they flip out. Mm. That kind of shit bums me out. Yeah. Like, it's weird where, like, true crime is so insanely popular. (laughs) People, you know, bodies getting jizzed on, and uh, kids getting molested, then killed, and then thrown into a cornfield, and then we're like, hey, but that, that gay joke was a little rough, and you're like... You just listen to four hours of uh, pedophilia and uh, necrophilia, but you're worried about this. I think we're, we're we're we got we got it so easy that I think we we make a big deal out of certain shit. And you feel like there's a hypocrisy. Yeah, it's a hypocrisy, and just like uh, you're trying to, I think there's like a people are trying to make a personality out of being outraged. Mm. And I think we're all going to die one day anyway. And I think it's so fascinating that people put this much energy into that
1: yeah yeah i don't understand at least for me at least i I don't like consuming that kind of stuff and getting frustrated about it yeah same i don't i don't like i don't even i kind of don't even like joking about it too much because then i have to know about it
0: right like there'll be
1: certain topics where i'm like i don't even want to get into this but i feel like i have to because i'm gonna write a joke whatever but like i'll just see stuff and i'm just like i don't even want
0: i'm the same way i I don't want to know anything about politics and people make it their whole personality and it's I think it's because they have a, a lack of purpose in their life. So they like they go to this, and they're like, this is my thing. And then they just flip out and get delusional and weird and angry, and I, nobody wins. Do you, do you vote in elections? No, I'm, I voted for Biden once just because I wanted to get Trump out. Yeah, and, uh, and it's not even like I like Biden or I hate Trump that much. I was just sick of how political we got. So I figured, hey, let me, let me vote for the boring guy mm. just to like, so we can move on with our lives because it was like when trump was in office it's all we talked about it was on every fucking channel and w- women were furious and black people are furious and this and that and attention and uh i just hated the the state of the country
1: do you think the discourse was better
0: for stand-up i just i don't think so i hate when people are like trump today you got a lot of material i'm like well everybody's doing the same fucking joke right. that's not good for art yeah, every late night, Trevor Noah, Stephen Colbert, uh, Seth Meyers, Jimmy Fallon was all Trump, 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 hair, orange. Who gives a fuck? Hmm. Do you feel like there was a unity in like the topics people were discussing? I think it became two camps. It was like, hey, Trump's horrible, and then people who were like, ah, I think he's pretty funny, and now and now and that was more divide. And that division. Was not fun to do stand up. No, like. I hate the divide. I like when comics, I don't care if you're fucking Maria Bamford or Andrew Dice Clay. I want us all to be comics. Right. And you, yeah, and having some type of like agenda that's being put on you culturally.
1: Like, yeah. hey, everyone's thinking about this thing. Yeah. So you have to talk about
0: it. You have to talk about it. And it hurt comedy because A, you get a lot more unoriginality. And B, you get like these emotional comedians who are like, we need to come together and stop this and stop that. And you're like, well, that's not funny though. I get you, you got a message and you, you're angry or whatever, but I, that's not comedy. Right. So it, I think it hurt comedy.
1: What's up, guys? We're going to take a break really quick because I have to tell you about an amazing new device called Fume. That's right, Fume. If you haven't heard of it, now you have. Fume is effectively flavored air. It's one of my favorite ways to de-stress. If you know me, you know I don't like to pick up bad habits, and fume takes the bad out of the habit, okay? Instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. Instead of vapor, fume uses flavored air. And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses all natural, delicious flavors. I love the mint flavor. You take a deep breath. And the fume just feels amazing. It's a great way to de-stress. It makes you feel relaxed. And it's just a great way to even just like fidget while you're sitting in your chair. It just has like a cool little like bamboo knob. It's awesome. I love the fume. It just looks cool. It's super discreet. It goes in my pocket, through my backpack. I can have it at the airport. It's not a problem anywhere I go. And it just looks cool. It's fun to have. So let me just say this. Stopping something is difficult. It's hard to do. And that's why people put it off for a long time. But switching to fume is easy, enjoyable, and even fun. It really calms my anxiety and is a great way to de-stress. Fume has served over 100,000 customers and has thousands of success stories, and there's no reason that you can't be another one. Join Fume in accelerating humanity's breakup from destructive habits by picking up the journey pack. That's right. This is what I want you to do. You can go to tryfume, that's dot com and use the promo code GAGNON, G-A-G-N-O-N, the promo code GAGNON, and you will save 10% off when you get the journey pack. That's tryfume, tryfum.com and use the promo code Gagnon, G-A-G-N-O-N to save an additional 10% off your order. Kick the bad habits, take the bad out of the habit, take a deep breath of basically flavored air that'll make you feel amazing, take out the anxiety in your day and make you feel more relaxed. Now let's get back to the show. When you started stand up, were you concerned with like ticket sales? Was that
0: like a goal for you where you're like, I'm going to do this venue? To me, it was like, let me not have a day job. Yeah. That was the goal. Now I'm concerned with ticket sales because you gotta you gotta pay the rent. But do you have like this ambition where you're like, I'm gonna do this theater when not day. at all. Irrelevant to you. I would like to do a, a nice room and sell it out, but that's not how I look at it. I'm like, I gotta get more material, I gotta write a better joke, I gotta I gotta get the crowd to know me. To me, I remember seeing Louie pre cancel. He <laughs> tweeted, Hey, I'm gonna work out some stuff at the seller uh, at five I'll buy everybody Coke and uh, Diet Cokes or whatever. Uh, and I was like, oh, I'm going to that. And I went because it was free, and it was sold out. And he sold out like 10 weeks in a row doing that. And I remember really, like being like, this, is, this would be the dream. Hmm. That is a dream. Just going somewhere, tweeting about it, selling it out, and you're good. So are you at that point now? Kind of, yeah, and it's pretty great. Is it what you thought it would be? Uh, it is, and I'm very grateful. I'm happy. A lot of comments are like, I need more. I need more. I like this. I'm happy right here yeah in this tent with your (laughs) inexperienced sexual ass you know this is great yeah yeah it's just it's simple simple like you got these the arena comics who are in marvel movies or in deadpool or whatever the fuck and i'm like oh that's that's too big for my britches this is a nice easy level we're hanging out we're writing jokes people get me i can sell some tickets i'm good do you ever fear that it could get too big yes really i have a fear get too big and go away Both fears. In in what capacity? Well, you know, you just fizzle out. A lot of comics were huge, and people go, ah, they lost it. They're out of touch. So you lose that. And then I have a fear of getting too big, and then you just get attacked and picked apart. And uh, you can't go out. You can't go to the airport. You get swamped. Yeah. But at this point right now, it's fine. This is great. If it got 10%
1: bigger. A little. I'd, I'd be a little nervous. Wow. Yeah, yeah. This is nice. And then how do you maintain this? Right, because like once you get to this point, you're like, okay, financially I'm fine. Yeah, like I'm satiated. Like the thing that got you here was the desire for more.
0: Yeah, that's. true. And now that you've arrived at the thing, maybe I just keep doing what I'm doing. Are you concerned with that at all? Um, yeah, I'm concerned with getting too big or, or too small or so, losing the, the the status that you're at right now. Was would that like, be yeah, frustrated? I, I like this level. I don't want to lose it. Yeah. That's why I do these low-level podcasts, <laughs> you know, just to stay humble. No, yeah, dude, we got to keep you down to earth. You know I mean? Yeah, I I you know, I, I did a podcast the other day, and this guy was like, man, thanks for doing it. You have, you have no ego. And I'm like, well, it's just you never know. You might get one more listener. Mm. And the pods are fun. Like, you're an interesting guy. You're a thoughtful guy. I like to think this is really the only way we're going to exchange ideas. Yeah, I mean, that's how I look at it. I look at this
1: type of conversation as like, a return to how human beings shared information forever. Like, books, yes. books were a deviation. Yeah, but Books was just the only way to write it down so that when you die, it could go somewhere. Sure. But now that things can be digitally recorded, I mean, sure, that could get blown up. But, like, for the time being, this is like a return. Oral story, telling shit. Huge. Just it, two
0: guys doing oral. You know, yeah, I mean, that's really I mean? That's really all it is. Well, all the old stuff comes back because they were great ideas. You know, we just blow everything up with, with new technology. But, like, this is the core of what people used to do, and it's a beautiful thing because you can send it out. And other people get to hear it. Yeah. And you might make a couple bucks on YouTube. You might get some ad money. So it's a win win. Yeah. People get entertained in their car. Some guy's driving a forklift gig right now <laughs> and he's listening to us uh, homos yammer on. Yeah, man. And was there any like anything else you wanted to do in stand up that hasn't happened yet? No, I've never been a sitcom guy. I don't care about movies. Uh I just like stand up and that's what I'm doing. So I'm I'm good to go. Do you feel like you've already put out like Do you think your work will change as time goes on? That's a good question. I feel like when you start stand up, and I don't want to get too boring here, but I feel like when you start stand up, you have to be accessible. Like every crowd has to like you. You got to go up in a bar, a club, a theater. You got to be an opener. So you just got to kill and you got to be mainstream. But then when you kind of get a fan base and you can kind of start doing your own thing, people know you. And that's when you can really grow, I think. So uh, I'd like to guess. I guess I'd like to grow more see and how just far I can go
1: in terms of like better jokes. Or do you think the jokes will change?
0: I don't think the jokes will change that much, but I think the audience will, will meet me halfway a little more. Ah, uh, right. Cause there's stuff where I'm like, Oh, I could say that, but I don't think people <laughs> understand what the hell I'm talking about, but maybe at some point they would. Right. I mean, yeah, at
1: a certain point they don't have to learn who you are. Yeah. They understand the essential nature of what makes Mark
0: Mark. Exactly. Yeah. Like that whole thing of going up and having to earn their trust. You got to do three jokes and they're like, oh, okay, this guy's, yeah, so he's solid yeah, fuck the filler you can just be like sorry I was fucking my grandma okay. Exactly. Hey, you're just in it and I'm just in it And I, 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 the cool thing about the internet is I'll go out on the road and I'll just open up by making fun of Will Smith and saying horrible shit but if I did that to the cellar they'd be like Jesus like I, had, I opened it with a joke right when he got a he got a, a movie and I said Will Smith's in a slave movie now which you know is good for him because he's used to the backlash <laughs> and uh, if I did that to the cellar they'd be like jeez what the hell but I'm like ah fuck you that's a good joke but you just don't know me so you might think I'm some racist weirdo just coming out and doing slave jokes. But I would open with that on the road because yeah. they know me.
1: Yeah, I do. I understand the insecurity of people perceiving me as a bad person. I, I don't like that. I would rather them think I'm not funny than think I'm a bad person. I don't know why. Like that feeling for me of someone being like, hurts. like, oh, you're a, you're a bad guy. Yeah, it sucks. I, I don't know why. I think it's like Catholic guilt. I'm with you. I'm with but you like, on that I can live with being not funny. Like there's people that I'm not funny to. Yeah, like there's people out there. I hundred percent they don't think I'm funny, and that's fine. And that's, Guilty. No, I'm
0: just kidding. But no <laughs> this is I, what it is. Hundred percent with you. The bad person stinks.
1: Whereas, like someone think I'm a bad person would be frustrating. And there, maybe there's people out there that do think I'm a bad person. But no, I would I like so. I would like to think that those numbers are smaller.
0: They're very small. And uh, even when somebody gets canceled, quote unquote, and everybody's like, "Fuck you, you piece of shit, kill yourself." I'm like, how many people is that really? You <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah, it's like the
1: news thing where like they pick up five tweets that are negative yes, and then Report yes. on that story, and then the report on the story that they created. Exactly. And it's just like a cycle that they're like feeding fodder to.
0: Right, right. It's a, it's a loud minority, as they say. Yeah. Which is uh, what I call my black friend.
1: Hey, hey. hey. But I mean, I'm curious. Like, with your style, is like so specific. Oh,
0: thanks. Like,
1: I mean, I think I mean it's like iconic. Like I hear I hear people doing the Norman
0: iconic, but I'll, I'll no, take it.
1: I hear comics doing the Norman, and the way people back oh, in the day oh. are doing like a tell wow you know
0: I mean? that's very nice right you, you want to be
1: different is that is that wrong to say like in the way you hear people doing a tell growing up like now i hear people doing being like uh, ah, you know comedy and really like, yeah of oh, course geez, that's crazy Open mics and shit i'm like dude
0: yeah that's wild you could, you gotta aim higher kids <laughs> this is yeah. horrible yeah they could copy dave Chappelle. But, yeah. You know, they, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly go go bill burr yeah but
1: uh i just look at that i'm like oh it's interesting you've carved out such a unique space and i'm like do you change that or iterate on that where you're like okay i'm gonna do stories now i'm gonna do a special that's just like and it's three stories and it's still the same jokes like the setup and the punch are there but or maybe it's like deeply personal yeah i feel like a lot of your stuff again not that it is a critique or that it needs to be different but i'm just curious if you i've thought about on an artistic level or like oh what if i instead of
0: observing the world what if i observe my world yeah yeah yeah. well i did veer das's podcast a couple days ago and he said the same thing he's like I love your stuff, I like your act, your jokes are fun, but what have you ever thought about going inward? And I'm like, I don't know if that's me, and I don't know if that's... It doesn't interest me. Yeah. So I'm probably never going to do it. Maybe I'll do it here and there, like, uh, unknowingly, but I'm not going towards that. I don't think it has to change. Okay.
1: Yeah, I don't don't think... Like, I look at Norm, and I'm like, Norm is one of the greatest ever. Yeah. But I don't think he was, like, super... Like, Daniel Tosh is my favorite comic. Oh, guy right he's now. great. But I don't, he's never like, you know, my mom. No. He's like, no, he's just
0: observing the world and having the funniest joke about it. So good. He's a, he's so underrated, too. Yeah. A Florida guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I'm with you. I think you gotta just, like, Scorsese, he made... Uh, Mean Streets, Goodfellas, Casino, The Irishman, they're all very similar. It's like a bunch of dudes doing bad shit and a lot of Italian, a lot of New York, a lot of Mean Streets. And they're and all, all awesome. And they're all great. And yeah. you could go, hey, oh, Scorsese, why don't you make a Pixar? And he's like, ah,
1: I do what I do. That's yeah. how I feel. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are drawn to like variation and like changing things and like, you know, evolving their style, whatever. Mm. And I think other people are just like, yeah, this is my thing. And ultimately, I think if it is an expression of self in some capacity, yeah. that's all that matters.
0: Yes. like I, To I mean, me, I'm
1: like, all art should just be an expression
0: of self. I agree. I mean, look at Hedberg. Everybody loves Hedberg, praised, you know, one of the funny joke guys. Yeah. He would just be like Rice or Tide or, uh, you know, donuts. There was nothing about him or his heroin. Yeah. And I don't know why we consider that uh, this upper echelon. Like, oh, you got to go inward. You got to open a wound and all this. I'm like that's not what they do is that what they do yeah that's interesting yeah do you feel
1: like it's seen as like it's interesting because I think if you start that way people are like ah uh, who
0: cares yes I think I completely. that's what agree. I feel
1: I never wrote a joke about like my personal life in the first five years doing a stand up because I was yeah. like who gives a
0: shit that's how I feel. I like, see comics doing all that. I like, go up on stage and like, so my dad and then my dog and then my childhood. I'm like, who cares? Who the fuck yeah. are you? Why would we care? That's so narcissistic. Which I also do like comedy like that. But sure. for me, I'm not like
1: sitting down writing a joke to be like, okay, this is going to be same my thing about my life.
0: Yes, and, yes. Like my
1: piece about my mom or what? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or if it is, it'll be like a
0: conduit to some greater That's point. how I feel. I'll, I'll open up like I was at the bank today, which is about me, but it's really a a money joke or a bad joke but then
1: Louis will say some joke about like you know my kid did this thing and it's the funniest thing ever so I I don't think it's right or wrong but I do find it interesting that on an early like if it's early in your career I think people are like ah who cares and then if you do it later in your career people are like wow this is a beautiful evolution and I I like when people evolve but at the same time I don't think it's necessary for every great artist to do
0: I agree and maybe it'll happen with me but I I don't I don't care right now I don't care about it so how am I gonna write about it yeah that's
1: tough I mean, do you have any stories that, like, you're like, oh, I would love to do this on stage? Or, like, maybe I could do it on stage, but I, I pull back? Or have you ever tried stories on stage? I have.
0: And with my crowd, they're like, oh, this is interesting. Like, I, have, I do a Q&A at the end, and I always get people like, tell the story about this, or tell the thing about your nanny, or transgender, or whatever. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah, and I'll tell it. And I'm like, all right, I told it. And no one's laughing. So I'm like, this sucks. I just told the story, and I opened up, and now I'm not getting anything back. Even though they might have loved it. Or, or hated it or whatever. And I'm like, no one's laughing, so let's move on. Uh, I need that laugh. Uh, I assume they hate me if they're not laughing. Interesting. I wonder if stories are a
1: thing that happened to you, whereas the rest of your jokes are a thing that you created.
0: Ah, I think you nailed it. You know I, mean? I think like, that's dead on. Uh, like I,
1: I understand the idea of wanting validation for, like, look at this idea that happened in my head Yeah. versus, like, this crazy thing happened to me that now I'm going to tell you about
0: right i think that's so i think you fucking hit it right on the head yeah that's perfect that's why i have a podcast all about stories (laughs) right you know but on stage i'm like eh, i didn't think of this
1: yeah and sometimes it almost makes me uncomfortable to get attention for things that are not things that i made yes like if it's just attention for attention's sake that's kind of uncomfortable yeah like if i I, if i'm I'm, like if i'm I, i don't know when this would happen but like people being like wow like you're so amazing. Obviously, as a comic, like that makes me more uncomfortable. Yeah, but if people go, that joke is great. I go right because the joke is its own thing. Dead on. Whereas, like a story is still kind of in- intertwined with me. So, getting a ton of attention for a story, obviously, I think there's like artistry and storytelling where it's like, oh, now I'm telling a sure. beautiful story, hundred percent. But yeah, if you're not drawn to that form and also that attention on a thing that happened to you,
0: yeah, yeah, I think. Well, it also <clears throat> comes back to just the mental state of like it happened to me. I didn't do anything, so who... I don't think people will care. I don't think, like, like uh, Tom Segura has great stories. His whole act is a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. And he's got jokes in it, and they're all great, but I'm like, I don't care enough about this thing that happened to me to spend time on it and work at it. Mm. And maybe that could change. Maybe it could change. It might, yeah. I might just need material so bad that I'll just start telling <laughs> stories. Yeah. Do your parents ever come to your shows? Uh, not really. Uh, they have, but... I don't a I don't really love it when they're there, and b I don't think it's that important to them. Like that's not how they show love. Like we're gonna attend your show. They're they're like hey come to dinner after, you know, and we'll we'll hang out. But I don't know. I don't love when they're there either. Why? Well, just because I'm opening up, I feel like um I feel like a like an idiot up there. Like hey tap dancing up here, and then my parents are in the crowd. Like uh this loser he needs attention. Do you feel like do they ever communicate like?
1: Hey, this is amazing. <laughs> like, did they ever see you down and just be like, we're so proud of this?
0: Uh, <laughs> one time we were at a restaurant, a guy came up, he's like, hey, huge fan. And my dad was like, whoa, that was crazy. And I was like, oh, yeah, what are you going to do, you know? But uh, when I little things, like I got Conan, they were like, this is awesome. You got Conan, you're on TV. But you go, hey, mom, I got into the cellar. And they go, what's the cellar? Wine cellar? What are you talking about? Yeah. So they don't really get it, but... TV was big. When Seinfeld shouted me out, they were like, damn, this is wild. Interesting. But I, 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 my friend made a – I did Tonight Show, and my friend made a f- picture for me and framed it, and I gave it to my parents, and they were like, oh, thanks, and they just put it on the shelf. Like, this isn't that cool, you know? And I remember being like, ah, that's, that hurt. But that's just how they are. Just kind of cold, yeah. Like, they, they loving, but, it.
1: but kind of cold.
0: Yeah, they, we're all hugs, it's all great, uh, we have a nice dinner, we have a nice conversation, but that doesn't do it for them. But what they will do is my mom will hand me a stack of magazines, and they go, she goes, they talked about comedy at one point in these magazines, so here you go, you like comedy, and I'm like, so now i got to sift through a magazine <sighs> that I don't really, it's probably like, oh, Betty White was in a movie, a comedy movie, and I'm like, I'm not going to, but that's how they show love, they're like, look, I made a stack. That's how much I think about you. But I'm like, I don't want to deal with this, Stack. This is a burden. <sighs> that's, but that's so funny. But that's the whole relationship. And what does your mom do? Uh, she uh, runs a museum. A museum? Yeah, she started a food museum. Check it out in New Orleans. So fab. Oh, wow. Southern Food and F- Beverage Museum. <laughs> yeah. She started it. She was a lawyer growing up. I think she hated it. And then she started a museum. And it's why, in New Orleans. Why does she like food museums? She loves, she's a big foodie. She loves like Cajun cooking and Creole. And she wrote a bunch of cookbooks. Oh, wow. So now she's just opened this museum. That's interesting. Yeah, and, it, people, people come from around the world to see this thing. And she spends most of her time doing that. All day. It's like, this is her passion. She found her thing at, like, 60. Oh, wow. Yeah. My dad, he's bored out of his mind. Is he still working? I think he does some real estate on the side. But he was, a uh, you know, he grew up as a lawyer. So he, he'll still, like, notarize stuff for a couple bucks. But uh, it's mostly real estate. That's interesting. Yeah. And so...
1: You'll raise your kids differently
0: than the way your parents raised you, you think? Yeah, I'll try. But then here's the other part is we're going to have some flaw. There's going to be some chink in the armor. Hey. Sorry, Jane Gillis. <laughs> but, you know, there'll be some there'll be some blind spot, and you just can't avoid that.
1: Hmm. Isn't that scary? Yeah.
0: Even if you do everything, like, all the shit your parents didn't do, you're like, I'm going to work on that, I'm going to focus on that, but you're still going to have something you fucked up.
1: Yeah, yes, you can't control every little piece. No. And that is a little... Paralyzing, yeah, yeah, scary. And I think people, like, I think a lot of people wait to have kids because they're like, "I'm going to figure it all out, yeah, yeah. and then I'm going to have kids, and I'll, I'll be figured out, yeah." But it's also like, yeah, maybe they weren't perfect or do everything perfect, of course, just like everyone's parents. But the outcome from it is pretty good. Like if you're happy, like obviously maybe maybe there's things you could have done different, but if you're happy with it and you feel like the the way things worked out is good, then who's to say that those things that happened before should be different? Hundred percent.
0: Yeah. I agree. And a little uh, trauma is not so bad. Yeah. I mean, maybe a couple. Maybe. I'm, I'm proud of you's, yeah. been, you. Know, maybe, maybe. That, maybe that could work out. One less finger <laughs> would have been nice. But, yeah. No, I think you need a little bit of salt on the sauce. Yeah. You don't want to be bland. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be boring. Hmm.
1: Yeah, that's just yeah, that's interesting. I I think the way that you described your parents, I never really knew that.
0: Mm. But, like, he was, like, kind of angry. Yeah, and, he was just like a typical like old school dad. You know, like dad's home, shit, yeah. go hide, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. He, he was he was he was mad unpredictably. You know, like, you know, most dads like, Hey, you you wrecked the car, you piece of shit, you know, but he was mad about shit where you're like, Oh, I didn't even see that coming. So now I'm getting yelled at and it's unexpected. Which was even worse.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I've heard people say that like unpredictability yeah. is worse than
0: just being mad about something. Totally. It's like a cat. You know, you're petting a cat and it's all of a sudden like, <laughs> <you're> <laughs> like whoa, wait, I thought we were yeah. petting, you know. Yeah. So. What
1: what do you think the thing that you've done so far career wise that you're like, okay, that's the best thing I've done. Whether it's like a piece of work or like mm. an achievement or something, you're like, Okay, I've arrived.
0: Wow. Good question. Well, to me the uh the the YouTube special was big just because uh it was all a failure, but it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. Uh meaning nobody would give me a special, Netflix is, wouldn't answer the phone. Uh I had a I had a shitty manager and uh he's out of the business now. But uh I just couldn't catch a break here and there. Like I was doing late night shows, but that doesn't move the needle. It's 5 minutes here and there. Nobody watches it. Uh not big online really. Couldn't couldn't crack, couldn't break through. And then Comedy Central's like, we'll, we'll give you a, an hour. And I was like, oh, great. Then they go, you know what? We'll give you a digital hour. So I was like, eh, this is before YouTube was like totally normal to have a special on. It was like kind of like the trash bin. Like, we'll I'll just put it there. Yeah. And then they were like, you know what? We're not going to give you an hour. And I was like, shit. So I just put it online myself. I spent 15 grand or whatever to shoot it, edit it. And uh, I was like, eh, right, I'll just put it online myself. And if you listen to it, I'm not really killing. But the material was so strong because of years of just failing over and over that I had to just really bitter work on that ad. I'd be in hotels in the middle of Poughkeepsie, like, this joke's not there yet. And I would really like hammer it out. I had 18 papers all over the bed, you know, and uh just trying to be discovered. Like I was really hungry. I needed to crack through. And uh and I put it out and it blew up. And that was huge because it felt like the work paid off.
1: Mm. Yeah, especially in that time where you're like am I crazy?
0: Yeah, like, am, yeah. I, am I? I am, Like, you're gaslighting yourself. Like, do I believe in a crazy thing? Yeah, completely. And I remember being at the Denver Comedy Works, like, crushing, not trying to brag, but just, I, I'd run this hour for years and years, so it was just every line was pitch perfect, and I just kept tweaking and adding stuff to it, and I was crushing, and I remember I got off stage, and the manager goes, we got that on tape, we were, we're running film, and I was like, Oh, my God, I can't believe it, it was one of those magic moments. I said, give me that tape. I'm sending it to Netflix tomorrow. Here we go. How could anyone say no to that? And they were like, nah, we're good. So I was like, fuck. And uh, I put it on YouTube, and it paid off. Like, people, even though I wasn't crushing in the, in the special, people could see that the material was solid. Did you still have animosity towards the people who said no? Yeah, but I also kind of got it, too. I was like, well, why would they got Sebastian Maniscalco, Seinfeld, Chappelle, Rock, Burr? Why would they put me on? I got it. I got it. But I was also bummed. Hmm. So I wasn't like, fuck the industry. I was more like, ah, that sucks.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I think about that with like my career where it's like, what are the things that are going to be the most exciting? Yeah. Where like, is it the little things or is it like the big moment where you're like, I did this theater, I did this thing, this amount of people showed up. Yeah. Uh, this special got X amount of views, it made this much money. I don't know what that thing will be. I
0: haven't really done much. I think it's, it's gradual stuff. Like I was in Australia and I sold out this theater three times, and I'm in the back with my friend, and he's opening, and I'm like, can we take a minute to acknowledge how insane this is? We're across the world. We got three of these sold out. It's a 1500-seater. It's like a beautiful theater in Sydney, Australia. This is insane! And he was like, oh yeah, this is pretty cool. But that's how we are. We just kind of go, alright, what's next? What's next? So, Yeah, and you just kind of forget. And you just you keep, forget. You just keep going. Yeah, it's like when you, you draw your uh, height on the, on the door jam. You're not sitting there going, hey, I feel a foot taller. You're just like, oh, that's how tall I am now. You know, you're not like, oh, I'm, the world looks different. You just you just grew and you didn't even realize that's it. That's a great analogy. Thank you. Yeah, you just look
1: at it and you just go, yeah, that's how tall I am. That's how tall I am. But you're not like, whoa, I went from here
0: to here. You're just like, yeah, this is this is where I'm at. Yeah, I used to be less tall and now I'm taller and yeah, I'll but, be taller after that. But the problem with a career is you can go down. You, you don't really go down in height. You yeah, you'll go down in yeah. a career
1: unless something terrible happens. Yeah,
0: you can go yeah. down on height, and sometimes you get yeah. a wheelchair. Then yeah, you yeah. lose a
1: leg. You know, right, like, oh, right, shit. This is how tall I am now. That's true. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, it's 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 cool to like see your career like map and like seeing you blow up so much right now. Oh, hey, and nice. how great things are. I remember I opened for you in Orlando. I didn't really. It wasn't a full open. I had, like it was. Think it was like a showcase. Uh-huh. Orlando Comedy Fest.
0: Oh yeah, that I, weird room. Yeah. Whoa, <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. It was like in
1: that upstairs thing, I think. Yeah, and uh, I think it was upstairs. And yeah, I did like eight minutes on this on the show.
0: Wow. And at that
1: point, I was like, "Dude, Norman is a big deal." And I remember ah, after, that was after,
0: nobody after
1: the show. You were, you were like, "Hey, that joke is funny," and I was oh. like, "Dude, it fucking made me float for like."
0: Oh, great!
1: Two hours. Sir. I love
0: a good joke. I don't care who tells it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, you were able to see through my bad delivery and you're like, Hey, there's a joke. Now. There's something happening. <laughs> I'm sure mine was horrible too. And I and the funny thing about that fest is the whole time I'm like, I either, where's beer, where's booze? Where's booze? That's all I cared about was like getting shit faced after. Just to, to cope. Like yeah. just, just to like deal with And just have fun and party yeah. and like the set went well, the show is weird. Let's get drunk. Let's live it up. Yeah. That was my whole life. Just like let's let's have as much fun as we can. Let's soak up being twenty eight or whatever. And that whatever. happened less. That's, that's that's going down. Now. Well, you get older, yeah, yeah. The hangovers are bad. I got so much shit to do. I'm so busy, so... Yeah, you're like, I can't be fucking drunk Yeah, the next morning, still hungover. Yeah, and it wasn't great all the time then either, you know, missing flights and getting beat up, or I got mugged a bunch of times being drunk, so there I was thought, downfalls as well. I thought that just happened in New Orleans, getting mugged. No, I got mugged three times here. For being drunk? Yeah, I was blacked out. One time I fell asleep in Hell's Kitchen, just like in a doorway... And I woke up to, like, four guys going through my pockets. And I was like, what the hell? And one of them goes, he's getting up, and he hit me, and I went out again. And I woke up, and he uh, they had all my shit. They took my pen, my keys, my phone, my wallet, my joke book. <sighs> I know. I'm like, you couldn't have left the jokes? Dude, have you heard anyone doing those same jokes? You're like, <laughs> we, got, we have a fucking suspect, dude. Yeah, it was Ralphie May. No. <laughs> Glad he's... No. But, yeah, uh, so... But yeah, that you get mugged a couple times drunk, and you're like, Nah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, What am I doing with my life? I got to get it together. Blah blah blah. Yeah. You know, also performing hungover, I'd be on these big shows hungover, and you're like, This is a great moment. What are you doing? You're like, You can barely stand up. You're so hungover, you can't think straight. You know, you're foggy and cloudy. I'm like, I gotta appreciate and respect this more. Yeah, this is a job. This is, this is I'm, a job. I'm, I'm working, and yeah. it's still cool. I don't have a real job, but it is a job still. It is a job, and a lot of people would. Push me into a fire to get this gig. And I'm not respecting it. I'm, yeah. I'm half-assing it. I'm curious what you think. I have like a...
1: Oh, do, you, do you have a rumbo? Uh Sorry, that's my alcoholic alarm. Hey. <laughs> I'm curious what you think. I have this insecurity a little bit, and I'm, I feel like your journey is sort of similar-ish. But, like, I would get insecure going up in the city because I'm like, okay, I don't want to bomb because I feel like there's pressure now. Yeah. And... You have a similar pressure now that like, you know, you're doing Rogan's pod every couple of weeks and then you're selling out your own tours and the money's different and you're at the seller, and blah, blah, blah. Like things are going as great as they could go. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you're as big as you've ever been. Yeah. And now when you go up, you're like, okay, there's a little bit more of a pressure. Yeah. I don't have that same pressure, but just from, you know, being Schultz's opener and being on this big podcast with all these great comedians. Yeah. I felt like there was a pressure where people would come see me and be like, all right, you know, we saw Schultz two nights ago. Let's see how his opener is. Yeah. And I'd feel like the audience would expect something. I'd feel like the other comics would, I would sure. be like, oh, I don't want them to think I'm bad. I know it The, well. the booker at the club, I'm like, well, I want them to think I'm good yeah. still. Because I'm not like in, in. I've been working here, you know, a couple of months, but I'm yeah. not like solidified. And so now I'm going up there thinking about 10 other different people, comics, mm-hmm. audience, booker, whatever, and not thinking about the jokes. And then most of the time it goes fine. Sometimes it goes great. Sometimes it goes bad. And I would get like real down and kind of beat up when it would go back. And I'm like, oh, oh same. So, like, does that still happen for you? All the time. And what do you do to mitigate
0: that other than drinking yourself? <laughs> well, I think that's why a lot of big comics stop going to clubs right? because they're like, ah, it's a pressure. I'm like Chris Rock, so I got to I gotta kill all the time and whatever. That's why they all walk on stage and go, please lower your expectations because they got the notebook out, you know. Right. And I'm not Chris Rock or anything, but I, I totally get that. And this is how much pressure I feel. I make up my own pressure. I'm such a psycho. I do the seller a lot. I see the waiters and the waitresses all the time. And the other night I went up. This is two nights ago. Sold out show. I go up and I go, oh, that's that same waiter from last night. I probably shouldn't do a lot of the same jokes because the waiter has already heard it. I don't want the waiter to think I'm some hack with only 20, 20 jokes in my bag. So I changed it up and I bombed. And all these younger comics are on the show. I could tell they were like, oh, wow, he really ate shit there. And they all killed. And so that's a double thing where you're like, They saw me die, and they're all killing, and they're like 10 years less into it than I am. And I just went through a world of hate. And it was all because of some fucking dipshit waiter (laughs) who didn't even care and probably wasn't even listening. So I got in my own head about a waiter. I fucked my act up. I was like, I'll open with a new thing. Then I'll try this bit because I don't want him to think I'm some kind of hack with 10 jokes. And then I ruined my whole night. I mean, yeah, that's kind of psycho. That's a, different, that's a different level. Total <laughs> fucking, I, so I, I think I'm worse than you. So you all your feelings are very normal. And then, like, now, I mean, granted that was two days ago, but, like, what would you do to mitigate that? I would say, hey, the waiter doesn't give a shit. You're, you're putting that on him. He doesn't care. Do your act and kill. Because if you walk on and off and murder, no one's going to be like, oh, a lot of the same stuff. You know, they're going to go, hey, I got murdered. Yeah. So don't worry about everybody else. Don't put thoughts into their head they're probably not even thinking. So I'm thinking about a waiter who's not, who's probably worried about a table of people who won't tip or whatever. He's got his own problems. And I made up this whole scenario, and then I suffered the consequences. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's rough. Yeah, yeah. So now the other comics are like, geez, what, this guy's getting a Netflix special?
1: Come on. And, yeah, and they're also not thinking that probably.
0: Probably not. They're, like,
1: they're looking at you being like...
0: Oh yeah, Norman had a rough set. Yeah. <laughs> Not to bring back Louie, but I would watch when Louie was in the peak, like TV show, movies, everything, uh, New Hour every year. He would bomb for like months. And then a month or three months in a day, he'd be killing. And uh, everybody's like, geez, Louie's really dying up there. He's supposed to be this great comic. And then a month in a day or three months in a day, he'd be murdering with brilliant shit that he was just working out. But I think that's why he was so good, is because he took the time to work on it, fail tweak it, go back up, fail, tweak it, go back up. That's a real artist.
1: Yeah, let yourself be bad. Yeah. Yeah, the other art forms, it's easier to let yourself be bad because it's so private.
0: Right. That's why Eddie Murphy's fucked. Because Eddie Murphy's like, is Eddie Murphy going to start stand-up again? I'm like, I don't think he should unless he's willing to let himself fail. I mean, Eddie Murphy's known as the funniest guy ever, phenom, you know, change the game, leather suit, looking at my ass. Now he's going to go up there and go, is this anything? What, what, what's up with uh what's up with funerals open casket. who wants to see a dead body huh uh, Ah. Yeah. Uh, and then everybody goes Jesus, Eddie Murphy's a human this is this is brutal yeah. but you gotta do that yeah and then it's also so tough to get a read yes, that too
1: like uh, I, I imagine this goes with like all art but right. like you do a gallery and you're a famous artist and you ask all these critics like hey what do you think of my painting mm-hmm. they're all like it's amazing yeah because
0: you're you. Exactly. And you're like, but is it actually amazing or am I me? I think there's a couple big big comics we can all uh, name <laughs> off off Mike that uh, are doing that right now. Yeah, it's
1: just tough, like and yes I have, men. I have sympathy for them cuz I'm like, yeah, it's really hard to get a read if your shit is good or not. Completely once, once you get to a level. And I'm sure this happens with you. Like you're doing your own theaters with all the people that are there to see you. Right. And you're like, oh, this joke didn't do as good at the cellar two nights ago. Yeah. But now
0: it's killing. You, you got uh, oh, to be tuned all that. Which is it which is it? And it's probably the the one you don't want the most. Yeah. It's probably the other one.
1: What's up, guys? We're going to take a break really quick because I have to tell you about one of the greatest outdoor companies to ever exist. And that is the company that made the very tent that I'm sitting in right now. Mm-hmm. Take a look around. This is a beautiful canvas tent that is also the greatest studio in podcasting, maybe. I mean, this place is just absolutely phenomenal. And it came from White Duck Outdoors. That's right. I went all through the internet. I was trying to build this brand new space where I'm going to have the most interesting conversations in the world. And I was like, you know what? I need a tent that's going to be beautiful. It's going to last. It's going to be big enough. It's got to be able to hold all this equipment. I can hang stuff on the walls. And that's how I found White Duck Outdoors. They're the best. They're great people, and they make amazing products. This is straight from their website. Their products are inclusive. They're for anyone and any activity. It could be camping, glamping, hunting in your backyard, a podcast studio. There's so many uses for these amazing tents. Me and White Duck Outdoors have a great relationship, and that's because we agree on a few major points, all right? At the core, we both want to disconnect from the grind and stresses and repetition of day-to-day life and reconnect with friends, family, loved ones, interesting people, doctors, psychologists. That's why I want to have all of my conversations inside a White Duck Outdoors tent. This is what I love about White Duck Outdoors, okay? Their mission has and always will be to give outdoor lovers a way to reconnect with loved ones, friends, and themselves through a sustainably manufactured, durable product that are designed to last a lifetime. And that's what this is. This is the place. This is my home. This is where I'm talking to the greatest people in the world inside a White Duck Outdoor Tent. So if you're interested in checking this out, if you're camping, you just want to set up something in your backyard, take a nap, who knows? You could go to whiteduckoutdoors.com. They have a bunch of different types of tents, obviously, right? They make tents. That's kind of their thing. But a ton of other products. They even have clothes and gear and all sorts of stuff. I'm going to link the tent that I'm in right now in the description of this episode. So if you want to check it out, you can go there or you can just go to whiteduckoutdoors.com. Check them out. And thank you so much for sponsoring the show and making all of this possible. Now, let's get back to it.
0: I watch a lot. I'm a big movie queef. And I I notice a lot of directors will on the come up and they'll have some great movies and they'll have a big banger that'll break them and everybody loves it and then their next movie kind of sucks and then the one after that is pretty fucking amazing again so I think they had the yes man and the you can do no wrong guy coming up his ear and then he makes he makes a shit movie and then he goes back to reality and goes alright the reviews were horrible, the ticket sales were horrible, I ate shit, let me go back to the roots and I think that's that happens a lot in stand up or any art
1: hmm yeah, who's a good example of a director that did that?
0: Well, that, like, I mean
1: that like really cracked off and then they kinda had like some
0: misses and then Well, I think you could say uh I hate to be mean, but like uh like a Tarantino, you know, you got Pulp Fiction you got Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, amazing, Pulp Fiction was the one. And then you do Jackie Brown, which I love, but it it's no pulp fiction. Mm. And then, you know, you get Django, which is great, and then you make the Magnificent Sir what is it, the Deadly Seven? Something oh, hate, seven, hateful eight, hateful eight, hateful eight, which was like kind of weird and all over the place, and then you get out of the Hollywood one, which was great. So I think, and I don't want to shit on another guy's stuff, but I'm like, there's a there's an ebb and flow to art, and that's okay, and that's okay, that's but just it hurts. Part of what it is, but you have to accept the pain because it does hurt. But that hurt is what motivates you to make it good again. You would never want to make a movie. Ah, maybe I maybe I'd write one and direct one, but I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd want to star in it. But like writing directing, like that would be cool. You would be interested in that. I would be interested in that. I mean, that's that. I wanted to be Woody Allen growing up. Like, just the, the New York stuff, Annie Hall. Like, Annie Hall blew my mind when I saw it. Broke really? all the rules. It was funny. It was uh, real. It was great. I've never seen it. What? Yeah, I know. It changed the game on rom-coms. Why? Well, it, first of all, it broke the fourth wall. Secondly, they don't end up, I don't want to ruin it, but they don't end up together at the end. Uh... It just was the most realistic, but it still had the lovey-dovey and all the funny but it was so realistic, and you're like, "This is my relationship in high school." It was like he nails it, and it's uh, it's pretty great.
1: It's just so pure. You just pure. watch it, and you're like, "Oh, this is." Everything else was like derivative of this yes. work
0: that didn't even exist yet. Exactly, exactly. And then he shook it up and made it real. And uh, the jokes are great. And like all these rom coms now are doing Annie Hall. You know? hmm. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta watch it, and Dude, don't, don't turn your phone on. Just watch it. You're
1: gonna be so mad at me when I tell you this. I haven't seen most movies. Yeah, I haven't seen most movies that you like, and like, not only because I'm younger, but just in general, mm-hmm. I just never watched movies as a kid. Really, never watched them. Now, Spider Man came out just. I'd never like yeah your favorite your top 5 favorite movies I haven't seen. And I'm wow. not saying that out of pride. I'm saying that because like I have a lot of catching up to do.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. I think it was like anxious and like the idea of inducing anxiety through like <laughs> an external medium seems yeah. such like, a waste.
0: Well, if it's not for you, it's not for you, but I love the idea of a, a person has an idea, they write it down with dialogue and an arc and a ha- and an ending and a beginning and then they they there's so many factors and elements that go into a movie. And they they nailed it, and everything worked out, and they put it out and edited it, and it came out. To me, I love the idea of the process yeah. of the movie. What do I need to watch? Well, I mean, we could be here all night, but have you seen Cool Hand Luke? Nope. Oh, man. What about The Godfather 2? Nope. Holy Can hell. Can I skip Godfather 1 if I just want to get into Godfather 2? Eh, I would watch them both. They're both great. <sighs> okay. I think 2 is a little more fun. Uh, boy, there's so many. I mean, you've seen Goodfellas. Nope. Whoa, Pulp Fiction? Oh. What? The I know, hell? I need to catch up. That's my point. Wow. I need to get on it. Yeah, I mean, I'm part of me is jealous you get to watch all these movies for the first time.
1: So I'm going to start with those.
0: Yeah, yeah, start with those, but
1: I've heard Pulp Fiction's like the cultural relevance that it had at that time. It yeah. was just like the essence of cool. Like people were just
0: playing the soundtrack everywhere, like people loved it. Yeah. And it was just like a time in history. Well, you can see Tarantino comes somebody like comes through in the movie. Like You get to know him through a movie that he's not even in or is mentioned in. It's incredible. And it, the, the order of the movie is different. He starts with the end and then puts it at the beginning. It's it's a whole different. you got to love movies to make a movie like that. Mm. So that's what you love. And uh, I think co- uh, directors and comedians are very similar. Everybody puts us with actors or musicians. I think it's directors. Because it's all about division. Like... You put out an hour, they put out a movie. Uh, it's all about your point of view, uh the dialogue, the 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 ebb and flow of it. It's the the look of it, you know. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think directors to me is the biggest parallel.
1: I feel like Jordan Peel kind of proved that.
0: Oh, there you go.
1: Right? Like there you go. Funny comedian, writer, improv guy, and he's like, Hey, I'm gonna write horror films.
0: Yeah. There and you it go. is like
1: one of the greatest directors, I feel like, of
0: the last, you know, five, six years. Totally, yeah. I think you, I think you got something there. Although I didn't see the last one. No, nah, I didn't see that one either. Yeah, I heard that one was weak. I did see Get Out though. I saw Get
1: Out. I liked it. I thought that was great. And then yeah. I saw Us. And I actually thought that was really fun. Oh,
0: that got bad reviews. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was good. I liked okay. it. Okay. And I didn't see any of the other ones. Yeah, one, I liked Get Out
1: better, but yeah. yeah.
0: it's one of them, like he's on a horse. They're on a horse. They're in the desert. I think that's that's nope. Nope. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. It. that's no. the that alien one. Never saw that one. Yeah, I didn't see it. But there is something,
1: I just think it's really funny that he basically is like writing horror movies based off of like comedy premises. Yeah. Like they are comedy premises, like at its core, at least like Get Out, it's like very obvious like, okay, what if like there's a white chick that's like trying to steal black people to like use their bodies? Right, right. It's like, like it would be like a, like a, like a Chappelle show sketch. Oh, But he's like, what if we actually made it a full scare movie? Yeah, because he is a sketch guy. Yeah. Like, and then
0: actually did it. And then it's actually amazing. Also, I'd say one of the best guest shows ever made, and it doesn't get its due. Yeah, Key and Peele. Amazing. I think it's a top three. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, my whole generation, like growing up, it, everything was Key and Peele. And you didn't even think mm-hmm. of them as like, it wasn't like a black show. It was just a funny show. Oh, yeah. You know? I said, bitch.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, what, what was the substitute teacher? Oh, yeah. that was a great one. Yeah. Like, just all these sketches that, like, all my friends would just quote. Like, yeah. it was
0: just like casual conversation. Right, Engel McRingleberry, like yeah. people would just say it over and over. It was just was built in, and that kind of comedy where like the two the two guys would walk into each other on the street and they'd have to like black it up, yeah, and yeah, then they yeah. walk away like, oh, I think I nailed that, you know, like that. <laughs> no one ever did that, yeah, yeah you yeah. know. So you got a new perspective with the black uh, black guys. Yeah, my generation, I feel like can't peel was. Oh, good. Yeah, it was, good it was respected. I Mine think. was Chappelle show. We would all watch that in college. We'd all come together and watch it on TV. Yeah, I missed that. The phenomenon. I mean, I was like a kid. Like that was like early two thousands. I was like eight. Oh yeah. So I was like, I missed it. Yeah. Well, SNL was before that, and that was like Adam Sandler. You know, Will Ferrell. All those years were amazing. But that SNL got got kind of political. You stayed up to watch SNL? Like, oh yeah, really? that was a bit. There was no other option, so that was huge. That is so interesting. I, like, that idea of, like, on oh, I'm going to stay up to watch SNL. Well, I think that has to do with a lot of the entitlement of uh, younger people, which is completely normal. Like, Socrates was like, these young people are entitled, <laughs> hey, hey, so hey. it never changes. But you can fast-forward commercials. Like, TiVo came out, and I was like, what the fuck is this? You, like, you don't have to wait for a TV show, or you can just record it and watch it later. Yeah. To me, that that changed the psyche of people. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I that like the even those things, I
1: don't even really remember TiVo coming out. Like, wow, I kind of do. Like, I remember like maybe having like recording Mythbusters
0: as like a kid. Oh, it was sorcery when yeah. that shit
1: came out. I I think that also is like a good thing for younger comics to remember about older guys is like, and it, you're not even that old in like the grand scheme of like the comedy world, but like, you, but yeah, I mean, you've been doing stand up for a long time, yeah, but like you've, you've seen things change to where like there's a whole thing of like a there's jokes that you couldn't say now that you did back in the day.
0: Oh, yeah. 100%. And that never
1: happened for me. Like, I started stand-up in 2015.
0: Whoa. So, like,
1: it just was what it was. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, like— So when
0: I bitch about it, I sound like some fucking geezer.
1: But it's just, like, nothing was ever taken from it. Right.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, I was
1: never allowed to say the N-word. So, yeah. <laughs> unlike you and your people. Yeah. You know? we, we lived on it. But yeah, like, so I was, it was just like what it was. It was just, we were in the water the whole time. But you're like, dude, no, the water was different back in the day.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was different. And it was like, uh, there was less attacking. I mean, you might've gotten attacked. Like I heard Chappelle say once that he got bags and bags of hate mail, like garbage bags, and he would just throw them in a fire. That's awesome. You know? But now they're like at you, literally, or DM you, or, or talk about you in an article where you're like, wait, that, what, what's that about? Yeah, yeah. You
1: know? But you you're a big like ghost or post and
0: ghost kind of post guy. Post and ghost. It, I'm too sensitive. Like I read a comment today and I was like, "Ah, oh, that that kind of hurt." It still bugs you. Yeah. That's interesting. Some guy I posted a clip and it did really well. One guy wrote, "This is kind of hacky." And then another guy wrote like, "How is it hacky?" And he explained it. I was like, Yeah, oh, that's pretty good. You got me there, <laughs> you know." And I shouldn't have read it. I don't think it's a hacky bit, but part of me's like, "What do you mean hacky?" I want to I want to talk to the guy, but it's not worth it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so is it, that's it's, new.
1: It's always like more specific criticism, I feel like, that's probably going to bug you. Oh, 100%. If someone's like, this guy's not funny, you're just like, all right. I can deal with that. But if someone's like, this joke isn't good, and here are three reasons why. Yeah, yeah. That's challenging.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of the, the reason why uh, some of the the sensitivity stuff bugs me is because I don't think it's all real. If you're actually hurt by something and you want to talk to me about it, I'll talk to you any day of the week. I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to offend. That's not my intention. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to talk to me, maybe I'll change the bit because I don't want to hurt other people. But if it's just like, oh, we, we can get this guy on this. So now you're using a movement to – you're weaponizing sensitivity or weaponizing being offended to get self in self-gain. A selfish gain, you know, Mm. and that's when it bugs me.
1: Right, you're co-opting someone's actual problem. Yes. To then get either, you know,
0: attention, compassion,
1: some type of sympathy.
0: Yeah, or attention, or now, you know, when somebody will call out another comedian and then be like, oh, by the way, I have a uh, thing over here, if you guys want to look at that. And you're like, oh, that's why you did it. You didn't do it out of justice or morality. You did it to fuel your bullshit. Self-aggrandizing. Yeah, and that's when I get mad, because to me, that's like truly evil.
1: Yeah, that's a real injustice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So if you want to talk about what this guy said, I'm all ears, but if you want to actually ruin his life just to benefit your life, now we got a problem, and we should go after that guy, the way we went after him, but we never do. Hmm. That's the real bad guy.
1: Yeah, the guy that is
0: co-opting an actual bad thing, and
1: not someone that's making a joke about a bad thing.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we do it all. We weaponize a lot of shit. Like, hey, stop Asian hate. And you're like, yeah, we should stop hitting Asian people. What are we doing? But then, like, that hashtag will just go away. So then it make, you start getting kind of resentful where you're like, all right, well, now I'm done with hashtags. Because I thought you actually wanted to help these people, but you just needed a, a thing. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like you're close to just moving to the woods. No, I like the city. You don't think you'll ever move, move out of New No, York? no. I'm a city kid. Grew up in the city. I like the city. The woods, I'm bored out of my mind. You don't think you would just, like, get off the grid? No, no way. I mean, I'll do it for a day or two. But you'll always be, like, living in... I need other people around. Constantly. Yeah, I don't want to talk to them, but I want to see them there. <laughs> I'm an <laughs> introvert, but I still need to be amongst Contact. human beings. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And even with kids and stuff, you'll just raise them in the city. Yeah, probably. Hmm. You know, I'll, I'll maybe a little outside the city, but it's going to be a city. Yeah. Like, I want pe- them to have a backyard. There's going to be people around, though. Yeah. It's almost oh. child abuse to raise a kid in fucking Union Square or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like having a husky. Yeah. Like you, yeah. Can't have, you can't have one of those in an apartment. I see great Danes all the time in East Village. I'm like, this should not be legal. Yeah. I mean, that they should look into that. Yeah. You're, you're not allowed to have a tiger. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like,
1: that's, we all look at that and like, yeah, it's inhumane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you can have a husky? I'm like... I know. I mean, I'm married to a
0: pig. So. <laughs> Just, kidding. Just kidding. Just need another animal there, folks. Yeah. That's a comedy work. But then people go, oh, you call your wife a pig? I'm like, well, I'm joking. She's not actually a... Yeah. Uh, She's a horse. She's yeah, not a pig. Yeah. She's a
1: whore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, anyway, Norman, I appreciate you, brother. This, is, oh. this has been very fun. I feel hey. like I... Understand you on a deeper level
0: now. Wow. Yeah, uh, we went yeah. long. Did we? I don't even know how long we did. I had two watch beeps go off. Oh, geez. That's uh, about an hour. Take two your birth hours control. Changed. Yeah. But yeah, I
1: feel like I understand you in a deeper way. I wow. like,
0: I, I, I don't
1: know. I feel like I got to see, I listen to a lot of conversations with you, and uh, I feel like this conversation, I feel like I see you in a, in a new light. Whoa.
0: Maybe I should be going more personal.
1: <laughs> no, God. <it> was, <laughs> I, I didn't laugh once. Okay. This is not not very funny. Good but point. But no, no, I, uh, I really enjoy this, man. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you. I'm taking these shrooms and going home. Take them.